The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easy offended and turn this off immediately. truth about the gun culture and stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. What is going on my ghost squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast live. This is episode number 190. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and now over on Twitter through Periscope, wherever Periscope sends it, I don't know. It's just something that it popped up on my stream yard, so we're going out to more places. It is what it is. If you're on the uh, the Twitter sphere out there, which I think is a cesspool, hey, welcome to the dark side. Um, speaking of dark side, happy Star Wars Day. May the 4th be with you and all of that stuff. We are live, as always, on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter and all that. If you're in here live Make sure you say hello. We don't know that you're out there unless you do say something. If you're new to the channel, new to the show, then uh, let us know where you're from. We uh, will try to give you a shout out and all of that. We can't promise you that we're going to make you any smarter. We just hope not to make you any dumber. If you are listening in podcast form or watching this in replay, the conversation doesn't have to end now. Go ahead and utilize that comment section below and ask any questions, make any comments, and we'll get those answered uh, as quickly as we can. If you are wanting to call, yes, you can call into the show or text. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends, Rod and Shelly Gates at theguncleaners.com. That phone number is 530-364-4678. I believe that they're just out there. I just saw them and... Hope they're doing well up in Idaho. They've made the the journey up north from Texas, which, you know, it's what it is. But, you know, I guess Idaho gained some good people. Um, If you are a veteran, if you're anyone really, but if you're a veteran, uh, especially, and you are in that dark place in that hole and you can't find that light or, hell, you're even questioning whether there's still light out there, please, Call me, text me, email me 24-7. I can't give you medical advice, but I might be a pretty decent shoulder and some ears to talk to and maybe help you out in some way. If you're looking for someone that can get you medical attention and medical help and, and, and all of that, please remember two things. First, you are not alone. There are a lot of people out there that are willing to help you. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So, Contact the Veteran Crisis Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. Ironically, I'm wearing a bracelet here. Uh, ironically, we were at Wanamaker, and they had a booth there. Uh, the Veteran Crisis Line actually had a booth at Wanamaker, and it was towards the end of it. And I stopped by. I was like, holy cow, what's going on, guys? And this, that, and the other. <coughs> they had all sorts of stuff. And um, hello. And they gave me all sorts of stuff to take home and give away. So I've got stress balls with the number on there. I've got plenty of these. I've got hundreds of these. And I've got some uh, some dog tags with the number on there. If you want any of these, send me an email and I'll get them uh, sent out to you. If you want to give them away, I'm gonna give them. If, if you want some of these for yourself, let me know. Um, just trying to get the message out there to as many people as we can. If you know a veteran or knows some veteran organizations that might want to give these out or whatever, 
yeah, uh, let me know and we'll make sure we get some to you for sure. Um, we are a part of the self-defense radio network, as you can see up there. Uh, if you guys are looking for other great pro gun, pro freedom podcasts that uh, are in one place, check out selfdefenseradio.net and all of that jazz. So, holy cow, I, 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 I keep getting worse. I used to think that I was getting better at that spiel, but I'm getting worse at it. So it looks like we've been joined by the Clover Lorian uh, and all of that. Like I said, it is May the 4th, but uh, let's say hey to everybody real quick. We got the Rogue Banshee in the house. What's up, Holmes? Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's going to be a good topic to talk about, especially with all the political environment going on. Yeah, I think um, I think that that's the, well, it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on across the country. We're going to get into that as well. Uh, Shep, hello from Indiana. Gun lover, do not let the government run over uh, we shall not be infringed. God save us the right to free to be free and bear arms. Amen to that. Uh, from Oklahoma, the Okie. From I mean, this guy is royalty in Oklahoma. I mean, this guy is the man. What's up, snob? Um, what's this? What is today? Star Trek Day? What is Star Trek, anyways? I don't even know what this uh, is. I'm talking about. Is that, is that what it is? That right there? Yeah. I'm not a Star Trek guy. I really never did. Be careful. Uh, I think that's a racist gang symbol. Just saying. <laughs> be careful. Very well could be. Yeah, I was never a big tr Star Trek. I I've watched maybe the last couple of the movies, and I know people have been crapping on those, but I was never a big Star Trek show or early. The only one that I ever remember watching actually liking, it was back when I was a kid, and I don't remember which one it was, but it was the one with um, – uh, the guy from um, Mr. Rourke from Fantasy Island, he played. Um, I can't remember what he played. Wrath of the, Khan. Wrath of Khan. That's right. He played Khan. Um, you guys are probably not old enough to remember uh, Fantasy Island. I am. Um, but yes, uh, Wrath of Khan is the only one that of the old stuff that I remember actually liking. But that was a weird Star Trek. I was a Star Wars guy. And, it's, and I'm sure there are people that like both, but I think most of the people, you're either a Star Trek or a Star Wars. You know, um, it's the way it goes. But we do have the Clover Lori and joining us. Um, guns are a part of your religion, apparently. This is the way. This is the way. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Happy, uh, happy May the 4th guys. I don't know if you guys, I know that I am not the biggest star Wars nerd on the panel. I'm pretty sure I'm the second biggest. I, I don't come close to Clover. Um, but I, I, I am a big star Wars fan and all that. And, um, so yeah, let's see here. J dubs out there. He says, Hey, all good evening from behind enemy lines in Monterey, California. Monterey Peninsula is beautiful, beautiful up there um, in, the, in the Bay Area. But it's Carmel and and uh, I think that's, I'm pretty sure that's where Monterey, I mean, it's on the Monterey Peninsula, I'm assuming. But uh, Pebble Beach and all that stuff, I believe, is up there. Beautiful, beautiful area. So, yeah, um, a lot of people out there, uh, maybe some new ones out there. It's great. They're, they're talking smack about Stargate and Battlestar. You're talking Greek to me. I have no idea what Stargate and Battlestar is. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, so before we get going into the um, the topic, Banshee, uh, Snob, Clover, anything happened? We didn't have a show last week. It was my 25th wedding anniversary. More importantly, it was the Battle Pups one-year-old birthday on the same day. 
my wife can't hear me because I got the door closed, so we'll just say that. But uh, congratulations so we, on that, the 25 years. I, I mean, mean, I just congratulations to her for putting up with you for that long. That's the thing. <laughs> but, but, here, but here's the thing, though. People that know us both really well know that I'm not the one to be scared of. She she has that dark, evil streak to her. She she runs the household. It is her casa, you know. No, it's all good. But uh, anything happened the last couple of weeks? I know that you know Clover's diving. He's going head balls into the. Uh, oh Lord, look at that logo! Hold on, folks. Hold on. This, my friend. The only thing it's missing is like a, uh, a leprechaun styled um, helmet on there, but the uh, the Mandalorian helmet. But that's pretty cool. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. So I, I have a feeling that we're going to be going through a lot of these different logos throughout the night. So be paying attention to Clover's screen and the bottom right, I guess it would be. But uh, yeah, anything happened in the last couple weeks? You guys want to bring up anything that's happened, uh, whether it's with your own channel or anything, but anything cool has happened with you guys? Feel free to just jump in. I successfully took a vacation. Hey, how about that? I don't, even, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, it's just, I usually don't get a chance to take vacation. Um, it's just uh, one of those things of just work and other things, the you know, channel stuff comes in, and my wife and I decided to take the dogs, and uh, we uh, we left town for a little bit for three days and found a nice cabin to go chill out and did some hiking. I love it. I love it. Um, Defense Dad says the kiddos sixth grade band concert just got over. They finished with Star Wars. Pretty good way to do it on May the 4th. Someone was smart enough to realize what day it was when they scheduled this band concert. So I'm digging that. Well done. Well done. Um, yeah. And, and, and Snob did give out the um, this is the the um, complaint department is 1-800-YANKEE-MARSHALL. More importantly, if you have a complaint about anything that we're doing on the channel, and this is real. This is not a joke. This is real. Um, and you have to complain about something. I have no problem hearing your complaints. Um, just send them to shootingleftofcenter at gmail.com. And that's a real email address. It will not get sent back to you. It's a real one. That is our complaint department. And, uh, yeah, shootingleftofcenter at gmail.com is our complaint. So blow us up if you don't like what we're doing. I'm, I'm all for it. Matter of fact, the more email complaints that we get, the better, because that way we can make sure that we we can fix things. Snob and Clover, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, blow that thing up. Uh, Snob, anything going on with you? I know that you're actually putting some content out again. It's been a while. You've been working your tail off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got a video that'll go live later tonight or tomorrow or something. Nice. I saw Sarge. <laughs> it's been like forever since sarge but yeah i don't know what happened to sarge he hasn't been working any extra i think he just fell off the face of the earth you know well so i mean here's the thing and people don't realize um that this youtube thing is fun don't get me wrong but it can take a toll and you can get burned out really quickly and oh, yeah. sometimes it is nice to just kind of get away and and and, and not worry about it and then get rejuvenized and we're, we're ready to go but that, that happens um Anything in Oklahoma 2A uh, before we can jump into the 2A stuff? Anything going on in Oklahoma? I mean, we just continue to be better than Texas at 2A is all. You know, we're getting right a lot now, better, more hell. stuff. You know, but if you combine with Oklahoma and Arkansas, take much. Is, well, I was going to say, if you combine with Arkansas and Oklahoma have done the 2A just this year, I think Texas should be embarrassed. They, they should really be 
mean, Oklahoma did not, whenever I was you know, just a few years back, Oklahoma had kind of crappy gun laws, to be honest, 10 years ago. And then they've really changed a lot in the last 10 years. And mm-hmm. I don't know why Texas isn't keeping up. Texas is known for being gun friendly and they you can't know, keep Texas up. Is going purple, man. He's they're going purple, man. And we'll bring Clover into <laughs> the statement. <laughs> uh Clover, I, I, you know, for anyone that doesn't know what's going on, obviously you've been doing a lot of stuff, especially for the constitutional carry bill that's in Texas. Uh, we'll kind of kick this 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 conversation off. And do you before we jump into the specifics and all that, do you want to give people out there that might be from Texas or following this um, maybe an update as to where things stand? Yeah, um, word on the street. We don't know yet, but it passed out of committee, the Senate committee. So it means the House has already passed it and it possibly is going to the Senate floor tomorrow is kind of what we're hearing. Um, we've got to keep pressure on Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, which is head of the Senate, of course, uh, as well as if you recognize any of these names in particular, you need to be making some calls come tomorrow. Uh, but Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, uh, Senator Nelson, Senator Nichols, Senator Betancourt, Senator Taylor, Senator Huffman, and Senator Seliger. And the uh, uh, number for the Austin switchboard is 512-463-4630. Definitely give those folks a a call as as soon as you can and repeatedly. Call them often if you must. They are not – and I've talked to every one of them's office – and there's some that are, they don't want to answer the question, where do you stand? There's some that uh, privately will tell you they're for it. But those six, and they're all Republicans, I'm not being partisan here, but those are all Republicans and they have not made a public statement as to where they stand. So we need to get on their butts about that. Um, there's, there seems to be this misconception that it needs 18 votes to get out of the Senate. It only needs 16 votes to get out of the Senate. And there's 18, 18 yeah. there is 18 Republicans. So I think that's where the, the mix up comes. So, uh, yeah, get on your, uh, get on your senators. So did you say when it is scheduled to go to the, be heard on the floor? Is that tomorrow you said, or do you know? We're, we're hearing maybe tomorrow. I don't have an agenda. I don't have an agenda for, um tomorrow so yeah i don't i don't yeah we don't we don't know that i guess that's what i'm is what i'm telling you we we at this point we don't know when it's going to the senate floor but word on the street is potentially tomorrow now mr knives is from california he's dropping the hammer on you said texas is the new california That's like okay. that's like yeah. saying beef jerky is the new chocolate. It's like ah, I don't know about that. I like me some beef jerky. I guess I'll tell you, we're starting to see a lot of Texas here. packs up here in Montana. <laughs> Do what? We're starting to see a lot of Texas tags up here in Montana. Oh yeah. G twenty three says. Um, was it Kansas or Missouri that passed 18 year old? I don't know if it's passed or it's been signed yet. Yes. Missouri. Um, I know, I don't know about Kansas, but I know Missouri tried to do something 
that if you were, um, and I don't know exactly where it stands, but I, I want to say that if you're 18 years old and a college student, a full-time college student, that would give you an exemption um, to be able to protect yourself on campus. I don't know where that stands. And I don't know if that is 100%. I just remember hearing something about that. But, uh, Snob, do you know more, more Kansas, about that? Kansas just passed the 18-year-old, 18 to 20-year-old concealed carry, and their governor vetoed it, but their, their state, whatever their state is, their legislature in the state, overrode the veto and put it through. So, yeah, it's law. So interestingly enough, and we're going to talk about this, is we were we had the two way sovereignty act, uh, which was the two way our version of the two way sanctuary um, act that basically said that um, NFA the sixty uh, eight. I mean everything that is anti gun in the federal uh, federal docket is now null and void in the state of Arkansas. And on top of that, if you are found to be helping especially if you are a law enforcement agent in the state uh, and you're found to be helping federal agents on anything that's anti-two-way that you could be fined imprisoned and all that it passed easily in the senate in the house went to the governor's desk last week and he vetoed it almost two weeks ago he vetoed it they the Senate came back and overrid it with only like two people voting nay. Uh, went to the House, and this is where it got interesting. Is our session ended on Tuesday at midnight, and we do every other year, whether it's fiscal legislative, and so we would have to wait for two more years um, to get back into a legislative session. That being said. At like seven o'clock at night, they decided they were going to put up a new bill. And the only thing that they did, and I understand why, they rewrote some of the wording for the law enforcement side that basically said that instead of doing anything that's anti-gun and you can't help federal agencies, we were possibly going to be able to lose like 20 some on million dollars in federal funding. That's a large chunk of money for a state of size of Arkansas. And so what they did basically is said, I believe that from what I was reading is now they changed the wording a little bit to say, you know, law enforcement agencies can help with cases with the federal agencies. If a crime that involves a firearm is being investigated, but they can't, they cannot assist in anything that has to do with regulation, confiscation, anything like that um so that's that got passed by the house that night tuesday night going went to the senate and it was running close into hitting midnight which means session was over um governor put him i think in special session and it passed out of the house and now it's on the governor's desk and he had said that if they change the wording a little bit he will sign it so um that's positive so you know we're going to go with this, first of all, uh, from the uh, okay state of Ohio. Uh, <laughs> what's up, budget? I'll take I don't it. Know. I, I've I'll been take in, it. <laughs> I love Cincinnati, but I've never been anywhere else in Ohio, so I don't know. I'll take hey, it. Cincinnati hey. is as northern Kentucky, basically, you know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Um, hey, thanks for the invite, man. Sorry I'm late. No. I uh, was uploading a it's video okay. and kind of. You know, I, I, I kind of couldn't, I didn't get it done in time. So, but I'm here now. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Clover, 
Uh, Regnick Boy says Texans vote Chad Prather for governor. Does that name mean anything to you? Nah, that's the um, cowboy hat wearing dude with, hooked up with the blaze. And yeah, no, thank you. Okay. I didn't know. And there you go. I'm a Texan, but I haven't lived there in 18 years. So I don't know who all the I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, would I, would I, would I take him over many, many other people? Yes. Sure. Yes. Sure. But, um, he's, I don't know. I don't want to get, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to turn this conversation into off of two a and onto other things, but into a Texas a, chat, we don't either. Well, he's a, well, what I'm saying is he's a, this is a two a thing, right? We're talking about saying two a sanctuary and other things. And my issues with him are not two a related. Let's just put it that way. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the discussion is going to come. Obviously, since the uh, beginning of this year, it's been awesome. And, and we saw this coming, at least in Arkansas. We saw stuff building up over the last several years, you know, with we went to from concealed carry permit to an enhanced concealed carry to then dropping basically making the permit renewal fees like non existent, like 25 bucks for five years. So there are steps. And then we go to constitutional carry. So we did it incrementally, which I thought was a great thing instead of trying to keep pushing constitutional carry down the throat and keep getting voted down. We went it step by step, just how the Dems do a lot of stuff, just death by a thousand cuts. And then it's worked. So let me uh, ask, let me ask this yeah. when they, when you were doing those incremental steps, because Texas yeah. does is basically work has worked the same thing for years. Yeah. Constitutional carry was always something put forth and on the table, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's like here's here's our here's our hail mary card, but you know what? We'll take this over here, and that's a play that the left does to us all the time, right? Yep. Assault weapon ban, right? And then they go, oh, let's just get rid of pump stop. Every Congress session, everyone, and you're right. This is the playbook that the left has used for decades. They'll they'll throw the hail mary pass. But at the same time, they're also handing the ball off and getting a yard here, getting a yard there. Yep. And well, that's how the they won. Mary, is the Hail Mary not the the side distraction that the, that the you yeah. know yeah. The magician's using? We're it's gonna we're gonna fake. distract you over here, but this is what we're really it's, doing. It's the, pump, here. it's the pump. It's the pump fake while they're getting two and three yards at a time is what it is. Yeah. To put it in bullfighting terms, it's the red cape. Behind that red cape, when you're looking for looking at the red cape and charging at the red cape. They're going to stick you in the side with the sword when you're not looking. And that's exactly what they've been doing. They've been giving us the death of a thousand cuts. And before we know it, you know, our rights are the equivalent of down about six pints of blood and ready. We're ready to die. So well, that's true. That's true. But the opposite can be said as well. You know, we're utilizing those tactics effectively, as yes. Ghost mentioned in Arkansas, yes. as we are here in Texas and Oklahoma and other states. We're using those same tactics effectively. So yep. what we've got to do is we got to keep our eye long term. There's people that will say, and I'll use the, the constitutional carry in Texas as an example. There are people that say there's like four or five amendments. If all of those amendments get in there, I don't want it. You know what? I don't care if they put every one of those freaking amendments in there. Pass the freaking bill. In exactly. two years, we can go back and we can whittle away and readdress some stuff, but pass the stupid thing, right? I'm not an all or nothing person. And unfortunately, we've got people out there that can't see the forest for the trees. You know, 
they get all huffy over one little thing and they don't see that if we can just get the ball and move it forward, how often do does government rescind laws, rescind legislation? Almost never, correctly? Yep. Correct? Hard to do. Yes, Correct. it is very so hard to do. The key, knowing that, and everybody knows that, once you once they enact legislation, it's there for freaking ever. And everybody knows this. So the smart play is to get it passed. It won't go away. Can it be changed and whittled at and modified? Sure, the governments do that all the time, but they'll never take it away if we can ever get it. That's exactly the strategy we had to adopt here in the wonderful state of Ohio to get concealed carry. The first concealed carry bill we had was absolute piece of dog vomit. But you know what? It's pretty stinking good now because they kept going back and tweaking this and taking that out and putting this in and now it's pretty doggone good. So, exactly. yeah. I agree snob. wholeheartedly. Jump snob. Jump snob. <laughs> you know, Clover, what you were saying about that, like last year when our constitutional carry passed, they threw an amendment in there that kept you from being able, if, if you did not have a permit, from being able to carry in a restaurant that served alcohol. Everyone hated it. Of course, it's dumb because if you have a permit, you're fine. Yep. Well, this year, that was one of the first bills they got signed was to get rid of that and sure. clean it up. Yeah. And it was no, no trouble. Yep. Yeah, we used to have the same retarded stuff. And you know what happened to it? Eventually, it got gone. So, yep. yep. So that's one of the things that we were, in, and that's where the, the enhanced permit that I have, um, instead of trying to amend that concealed carry law, what they did a couple of, about four years ago was create an enhanced carry permit that costs you $15 once for the rest of your life. And it allows you to carry inside establishments that uh, allow alcohol. Now, whether or not you choose to do that, I choose not to uh, just because that's not just very smart in my eyes, but I have the availability to carry inside uh, bars and restaurants. I can carry on government buildings. Now I can actually sit down at a table with the governor if I wanted to and conceal carry, which that was not available to the regular concealed carry permit. Um, you can carry on campuses, college campuses with the enhance and all that. So, like I said, we're talking about incremental changes. And instead of trying to do all this on one failed swoop, let's get that one passed. And then we can work on, like, like Clover said, that ground and pound. Let's just, instead of trying for the Hail Mary, let's threaten the Hail Mary. Let them know that we can throw it 60 yards in the air, but let's go three yards at a time. And let's be looking for that opportunity, right? Let's let's Absolutely. be looking for that open receiver in the end zone. It could happen. Let's be look let's be looking for it. Let's be, you know, let's be vigilant. And if that opportunity arises, you know, to to take to take it to take that opportunity. But we you know, like I said, people want to that's the only play in their playbook. And you can't right. we can't win that way. See now, here in Montana we had something similar with the bars. Um, with a concealed carry permit. We were not allowed to carry in a bar, in a bank, in a state building. Uh, now we passed our constitutional carry. If you don't have a permit, you still can't carry in those places. Same here. But yeah. if you do have a permit, you can carry in those places. I mean, I know people in the governor's office that the second he carried it next day, they were concealed carrying inside the governor's office. So let's 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 go down the constitutional carry side of things. And that'd be our first topic. And is it worth it? You know, it, it, this constitutional carry in itself, not from, Hey, we all want that. I think we all want that, but 
taking a step back and saying, is constitutional carry, what benefits does it bring? And and I want to go through before we, because I think we're all on the same page, but I want to bring in Rogue. We'll start with you first to say, you know, in your eyes, since you have constitutional carry up there, I mean, has it brought a benefit to your state? It, it has. You know, one of the biggest problems we have here is the city of Missoula. The uh, city of Helena is kind of a little bit of a problem, but city of Missoula has been the biggest problem. The uh, city of Missoula has passed laws about you can't carry here, you can't carry there, even when you have a permit. Um, those, those laws went up to our Supreme Court and got struck, you know, got struck down. When we passed the constitutional carry this year, what it did is basically took the power away from those municipalities to add restrictions to our carry laws. So therefore, as concealed carry, like, um, you know, we, the companies that I've worked for, we've had offices in Missoula. When I cross over into city, the city of Missoula, I'm now relying on a completely dif- different set of laws for my firearm. Mm. And that completely cleared that out. So that way, uh, you know, people are saying it's going to be the Wild West and stuff like that. No, it actually cleared things up about what is and is not acceptable in Montana. And um, I, that's why I like the concealed carry laws because it actually does clarify our laws. Um, you know, I don't have to think, okay, I'm in Helena. I get this set of laws. I mean, in Helena, it's still illegal to discharge a firearm. Mm-hmm. But Helena had a weird inside law. Where limits, I'm assuming. Inside city within limits. City, within city limits. Okay. But, you know, they also used to, ha- they, they used to have even a law for, where even, you even carry one in the chamber. Even What's for self defense, it's still against the law to. Still against the law to discharge a firearm inside the city of Helena. I'll take my I'll take my chances, I guess, if I had to. Oh, well, hey, that's give me the, the ticket. Thing. Well, that, yeah. that's the whole thing is, it, you know, you'd rather be tried by twelve than carried by six, right? That's right. So, um, and you know, technically, you could be charged with it. Very rarely would it ever happen because yeah. it would if it was ruled a self defense. Um, right. But you know, our laws are now even. Uh, you know. It's still legal for me to discharge my firearm inside the city of Helena. But now, you know, like I said before, they, they used to have a weird law where you couldn't carry with one in the chamber. You How couldn't have one in the chamber in your enforce? house. Are they going to come and check? I mean, come on. That's just that's uh, Well, basically, basically, it would be a traffic stop. And if you had a firearm and they took the firearm from you, and first thing they do is clear the first firearm. First of all, you ain't taking my firearm from me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't think but, so, honey. But what it's done is it's now it's now kind of cleaned up all of our laws. There's when we passed the constitutional carry, the the city of Helena they freaked out because mm-hmm. all of a sudden a lot of their ordinances became null and void, sure. and they needed they needed to to clear some of these ordinances up. The you know the chief of police in Helena went to the even before it was signed said you guys need to be ready for this. There are ordinances even we as the police officers don't enforce. If we run into something like this, we don't we flat out don't enforce it. But now it's illegal. So you guys need to clean that up because I'm still have, you know, I'm using discretion to not to enforce it. But if so, for some reason um, it ends up in court, we're in trouble. Yeah. So Oops. the city of Helena had to clean the things up. Missoula, well, Missoula fights every gun um, freedom thing, but they kind of got help. They got, they got held, uh, or they got they got taken out to the uh, the whipping post on this thing. Nice. Um, 
No, so, Regnick yeah. boys out there says I talked to a cop on why he didn't like constitutional carry. He said with the license to carry, they run your name and know that you might have a gun without they have to assume that everyone is carrying. What do you think? I, I think that's a valid point. I mean, I, I, no, it I, ain't. I, nope. I, negative. I, hold, hold, nope. hold. Can I can I finish my damn statement here? No, sure. No, sure. No. Go ahead. Please. I think that's a valid statement coming from a police officer, coming from the mental, the mindset of they might live in an area that gun violence, um, gang violence is escalated. I can see where that point might be coming from, but that is a specific instance of where you live now we'll go to budget since he was in the law enforcement community for a long time um what say you i say it's not a valid point because they already have to assume that if they have even the tiniest sliver thin inkling of a brain and a survival instinct they damn well better assume that everybody has a gun unless they're proven otherwise that's that's my point Absolutely. So whether you have a license or whether it's a constitutional carry, because, you know, remember the whole thing about criminals is they don't obey the law. That's right. That's right. That's the thing. You're not worried about the ones that are legally carrying. Yeah. So, so, so this hinges to me when I look at his question, right? Um, I got to scroll back up so I can see it. So he says, I can, uh, put it back up. They say, to. they say when they run your name. Okay. Well, they they don't I got a license to carry. The dude standing next to me don't. We're both carrying. I'm, I'm Unless give my license first with of it. all, well, no, here's follow me down this road. We're not in the car. We're just standing okay. on the street. At what point have we done something that that officer wants to figure out who we are? First of all. That's first of all. And at that point, it, it doesn't matter. He doesn't know because he hasn't gotten our license to know that it's tied to or whatever, or our name to know that either one of us is tied to a license to carry. If you're talking about a situation in a vehicle, right? Mm -hmm. You don't know either until you walk up and get the person's driver's license and run back and run it. You don't know. And in Texas, we have castle castle doctrine and somebody without an LTC can have a firearm in their car just as easily legally, just as easily as some with, there's no delineation. There's no distinction between the two until there's already an interaction with an officer. In so some it doesn't places, make any sense. In some places they can run your, like Ohio, they can run your license plate and know if you have a concealed carry license. Assuming, but, assuming but that, that assumes you're, the one driving that you're obeying it. the law. That assumes the one that is well, registered that who's too. the one driving. There's well, that too. In Oklahoma, I don't know about other states, but in Oklahoma, even if you run their DL, their license plate, anything, it does not show their concealed carry permit. That does not come up with it. That is a total separate system. Yeah. The same thing. We, were originally had a, we originally had a duty to inform. That is gone now. But so whenever they walked, you got pulled over, you know, I pulled somebody over, they handed you your, your license, and they usually either said, you know, I've got my firearms license, or they just handed you the card with it. They're concealed carry permit, but there's no way I, to know other than that. Do that. I always do, but they're yeah. tied in here in Arkansas because um, our state police is the one that issues our concealed carry permit, and it's actually they use the exact same picture that's on whatever on file your picture on your driver's license is also on your concealed carry. It's the same; they just pull it from the database, so the cop knows when they pull you over in Arkansas whether or not. But I still. 
I give my license and my permit and say, how you doing, sir? Before we get going, I want to let you know that I have, uh, I am a licensed uh, concealed carry permit and I am carrying. Just want to let you know. And he'll say, awesome. Where is it at? And I'll say my hip or wherever it would be. He's like, sounds good. Just don't reach for it. We're all good to go. Boom. Never had a problem ever. Never, not one problem. You go further than um, me because I typically just hand them the license and then wait yeah. for their cue. Yeah. Yep. I've, you know, I've been asked a few times, you know, where's where's it at? And I'll be like, ah, it's either on my hip or in the console. He said, all right, right, good. Leave mine there. I'll leave mine where it's at. You leave yours exactly. where it's at. Just, just don't reach for it and we're good to go. Hey, and, and, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where, look, if if that's the question they, they're going to ask to make them feel safe, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I don't want to start off uh, a traffic stop on the wrong foot. So maybe I do answer more questions or I get whatever. But it is what it is. Now, in Arkansas, we're really, you know, unless you're in a certain area of the state, you really don't have to worry worry about it. I've actually, Clearly, the best thing to do is just yell, I have a gun as they're getting out of the car. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, say, jump wave, out and yell, wave, I have a gun. Yeah. Yeah. Leave it out the window and say, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know i i talked to a trooper one time and um and he was doing a concealed carry class he did a really great concealed carry class he was a retired trooper and he goes you know the last thing you do in a traffic stop is say that you have a gun say that you have a firearm say that you you are carrying say do get your point across but do not say gun Right, because he said he's been on traffic stops where you have a rookie, you know, and they're looking around. And all of a sudden, they hear the word "gun," mm-hmm. and that, ro- that rookie, and yeah, no, I hear yeah, you. Yeah, they pick up or they draw their firearm. Yeah. Um. So you know, say you have your sidearm, get the point across, but do not say the word "gun." Absolutely. Ohio uh, is still to, a. Uh, Trump, oh, go ahead. I just want to do this real quick. A yeah, shout yeah. out to Trumpy out there. Uh, $2 Super Chat says, keep it good work. Thanks, Crump. Appreciate you. Uh, we do not ask for Super Chats, but people that have been around for a while know that all Super Chats on this channel go towards sending care packages to our troops overseas. So uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, we're not soliciting at all. Seriously, don't. But if you do, know where it's going. So, yeah, go ahead, Budget. So... Ohio's still a duty to inform state, and I, I think the way you handle it, Ghost, is pretty much the right way. It's really close to what I do. You know, the last time I got pulled over a month or so ago, it was officer, I have to inform you I have a concealed handgun license and I am armed. My weapon is on my right hip. What would you like me to do as my hands are at 10 and 2 on the steering wheel? He said pretty much the same thing you guys all report. He said, well, just leave it there and everything's good. What are you carrying? How do you like it? (laughs) So this is no kidding. This is probably five, six years ago. I get pulled over coming out of a stop sign, turning left. I get pulled over. First of all, I just turned left from a stop sign. So how fast could I be going? Anyway, I get pulled over and he says, you know, do you know why you are being pulled over? And I was like, actually, I, I don't. And he said, you were going 35. And I said, what's the speed limit? And he goes 30. And I was like, yes, sir. You know, whatever. Gave him my permit and this, that, and the other. And he ended up let me go and he said you know slow it down he goes by the way he's like uh what do you got in the car i'm like what he goes what you got i was like what do you mean he goes um i followed you kind of coming out of the range earlier and and were you at the range shooting earlier today and i was like yeah 
So at this point, the, the traffic stops over, you know, at that point, we start talking about guns and he's like, well, I'm just thinking about getting this. And what do you think about this? And it 20 minutes later, we're still talking about guns on the side of the roads. So and people are thinking they're like, man, that's a long ass traffic stop. But we're right. actually guns what did he do? Yeah. minutes of the 20 minutes, you know, it was pretty so what, what'd you do? Don't you know who I am? I'm ghost tactical. Well, first of all, <laughs> no. Second of all, this is before the YouTube thing. So oh, I was just, uh, some nobody in, in nowhere. Land. He introduces yeah. himself as, hi, I'm Trey of Ghost Tactical Productions. That's it. You don't yeah. know that? <laughs> Doesn't everybody do that? Oh, it's just me? Oh, my bad. Uh, yeah, you're like, okay, good for you. Who the hell is Ghost? <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, so what I do now is I hand my driver's license, my concealed carry permit, yep. and a business card. <laughs> I he was gonna say. I thought he was gonna say what he does now is he tells them I know Quarterback. That'll work. Right. I was thinking all it was gonna day. be a patch, but all day every day that'll work. Ooh, I should keep some patches. In the yeah, keep some patches. That's actually uh, not a terrible idea. It's not. I, I might have some. to do that. I keep some in my car. I'm gonna yeah, have to do Rich that. Says I probably thought I was getting caught selling drugs. You know, it was just one of those things. But we had the back open, and we we're looking at different stuff, and it was it was funny. It was funny. Anyway, <laughs> so the idea of this is I'm, I'm going to go through back to Clover and, and say you know, the constitutional carry. You know, and I know that you guys are fighting hard you for a long time there in Texas, but in your eyes, what is the benefit that constitutional carry brings Texas? I see it. I see it twofold. And before I go with those two, I, I want to first say that I have no intentions of giving up my license to carry. Much like your enhanced, oh, it comes cool. with it comes with too many perks and benefits. I will um, never get rid of it. And while I'm 100 percent behind constitutional carry, I think the Second Amendment is our permit to carry. Um, I am not opposed to voluntary options, which is what. A license to carry would be if Texas had constitutional carry. Um, if, now, you're travel, if you're going to travel yes, at all, reciprocity it's wonderful to have reciprocity, and more importantly, if your state does this, which mine does, and most everybody here probably does, um, that acts as your background check for purchasing. Fire. It sounds crazy, yeah. but that's a big deal. I don't have to worry about Miller coming oh, yeah. up common name. You know, that's one of the things that we got fixed in our concealed carry permit year this year okay we didn't have that before so now it will act really? as that they're just waiting on the, it goes into effect november 1st but we have to wait on the atf to approve the so you're still even changes. with your permit you still have to do the background check. yeah because they they set up that whenever they built whenever they built the concealed carry permit system they built it not to the atf specs yep uh, okay I got you. the background check so they had to fix so that they don't necessarily recognize that as a background yeah check. but the new yeah. one they do they will now so, so okay. I've, sure. I've, I've vented before and I still haven't got to my two reasons, but I've vented no, before. Have, about I'm the, trying to avoid the hour and a half to, you know, the, the well, that's, that's the, fine, the, but I, well, I want to, I want to, this annoys me to no end and I've got to, I've got to talk about it. I've talked about it before. I bought sure. that rifle, I bought that rifle in Tulsa, right? Yeah. And it was to a dealer. If it was in Texas, I fill out my 4473. I pay him. I walk out the door it's said and done. Okay. Here in Texas, I go to my local gun shop. That guy is an FFL. Federally firearms license or whatever, you know what I'm saying. Anyway, yep. federal firearm license, FFL. Oklahoma, that guy's an FFL. He holds a federal firearm license. Mm -hmm. If I can use my Texas 
license to carry at an FFL in Texas. Why can't I use my license to carry at an FFL? It's federal. It's a federal permit, right? In Oklahoma. What difference is you have You have two things going for you or, or against you per se. First of all, most Texans don't like Oklahomans, and Oklahomans don't like <laughs> Texas for football reasons. So, one, Probably. you're from Texas. Two, Probably. you're a FUD. So, you had two things going against you. <laughs> I was buying a FUD rifle, dude. I was buying a FUD rifle. I wasn't buying Listen. a scary assault weapon. Come on. I'm going to have to say that at Wanamaker, that's like the king of the FUD guns. Oh, that there, is. Right? That, yeah, is that, that is the FUD guns treasure hoard. Mm-hmm. So there's important. some big dragon FUD looming over the place going, yes, my gun. <laughs> you know what makes I think that Wanamaker is like the FUD headquarters, honestly. That's like our yearly convention of the FUDs. Yes. You know what makes even less sense about Clover's thing? That FFL could have actually been a Texas gun dealer selling at Wanamaker yeah. and still had to yeah. do that. That's what's yeah. irritating about exactly. it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So um, it's okay. My, my two points I was going to make. Um, first of all is barrier to entry, right? Um, having to lease or pay for our rights. It's ridiculous. Um, there are people out there that, and it was one guy that had great testimony is because he broke it down. By the time you buy the firearm, by the time you pay for the class, by the time you pay for your, um, uh, fingerprints by the time that you drive to wherever it is, or you, by the time you have to take off work, you know, all of these factors, you're talking hundreds of dollars. It's not a $40 freaking permit or whatever. It's, it's hundreds of dollars. And so that at least, okay. It doesn't, that doesn't eliminate the cost of the firearm, but maybe you have somebody that buys a firearm for you. Maybe you are, you know, Yankees, pistol project you're a recipient of that whatever right um and maybe it's handed down to you and you want to be able to carry it so there shouldn't be a barrier to entry for multiple reasons number one for the constitutional argument number two is the process even when it's working right and you're going through it properly and there's no hiccups takes weeks right some people don't have that time when they just broke up with a boyfriend or whatever the case may be they may only have days not weeks. So sure. the barriers to entry are a huge thing for me uh, with multiple aspects, obviously involved. The second thing though, is once we eliminate barrier to entry and we've got more people being able to carry, um, then I guess it, I guess it hinges off that barrier to entry a little bit. Right. But when there's less barrier to entry, maybe more people will exercise that right. Maybe more people will get involved with that particular right. Maybe more people will seek out training, enjoying it more, join shooting sports clubs, join the local range, whatever the case may be, right? And by doing that and more people participating in this thing we call the Second Amendment, we get more exposure as a whole, right, for the community. Budget's lost his mind. What's wrong with you? I think he had a stroke. I think he did. Before you move on, thank you, Budget. Appreciate you helping. I'll give you the good work. $50 super chat. Are you sure that wasn't 50 cents and he pressed the wrong button? It was the same. Here's the problem. He has the same issue that Buck had at Wanamaker. He thought he found himself a 44 Magnum lever action for $350. Didn't realize that the last two zeros were not the cents. It was $35,000 rifle. Um, so I, I think, yeah, I think budget tried to make it 50 cents ended up being $50, but dude, we're not you give, give this, back. you give this super chat money to good causes. So why not? 
I appreciate it. And it, it's I, not I think like you're going out buying beer with it or whatnot. Not that that's a bad yeah. thing, but you know, you're doing the you're doing the right thing. Now, to be fair, when Rokal gets monetized, that's what he would do with his. Super that's exactly. Dude, Pap's Blue Ribbon stock's going to go. And that would be, and that would be one hundred percent money well spent. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing: he can still write that off because he utilizes that boost to do make money on the ransom, ransom rate. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's he a can, tax can write off. It's a business off. expense. Absolutely. Yeah, Bucks. I got excited. He goes, dude, I found one, three hundred fifty dollars. I said, that's thirty five thousand. Those last two zeros are not the cents. Those are part of the dollar sign. He's like, oh. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead, Clover. My bad. I think Clover got his feelings hurt. It's okay, little buddy. No, I didn't. Uh, no, I was. I was done. My two points oh, okay. were. Summing them up was the eliminating yeah, eliminating barrier to entries for exercising a right, and more people exercising said right. Hopefully, we'll grow our ranks as a community and have more people fighting for our rights. So there Absolutely. we go. Norm, normalize society a little bit, right? Constitutional carry should be the norm, right? Not the not the exception. I mean, come I on. I agree, hundred percent. We're That's only not, forty. Guys. We're only forty nine minutes in, and Clover's already made his two points. This is a record it's, it's this might be the shortest podcast that, that we've had oh that particular issue oh, <laughs> oh, oh. hey so at this point i'm just gonna boot him out to where he can't make any more points uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm 81 percent done with my points okay how about that if you guys know what 81 percent is it's funny as hell if you don't know go watch his 10-hour marathon of the senate uh was it the senate yeah it was a senate committee hearing uh, moms demand action were there and every single one of them wearing their buttons, their t-shirts. And wow. there was some erroneous poll that they were using that says, um, 81% of Texans do not want con uh, constitutional carry, which actually about 91% do, but they probably pulled like seven people from like the moms demand action people out in the crowd. So who knows? Uh, shout out to Stephen elder. Appreciate you. Um, I uh, appreciate you. He he's talking earlier about he made it another day in, in Seattle. So, uh, hey, that's a positive thing in itself. Right. Um, yeah. Now, I'm going to go to Snob real quick and say, you know, you guys have had constitutional carry now. Since the inception of the constitutional carry, have you noticed anything? I mean, is there any changes really? I mean, are, has there been a dramatic drop of people not getting their permits or is it about the same? Or There's what? been blood in the streets. It's, it's been yep. crazy here for the last two years. It's I mean, wild, wild, west. wild West. It was the, it's the wild West. No. And actually the news just like two weeks ago, whenever they were talking about doing the updates to the constitution carry bill, mm -hmm. had went out and talked to a trainer at, okay. What is that? Oklahoma shooting sports center, whatever in Tulsa, the big indoor. US, US, yeah. U.S. shooting, U uh, S Shooting Sports Academy. Yeah. 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 That's it. I've been there many Anyways, times. They're great range, actually. But yeah, go ahead. Well, they went out and talked to a trainer there and interviewed him. And he said, actually, since Constitution Carry went in, he has seen a big uptick in concealed carry classes. He said, now that there's not an uptick in permits getting issued, but people are going to take in the class that's $50 versus because our permit system's high. And they're trying to get that fixed. Yeah. That's going to be on next year's thing is to get the permit cost down because I think in total, you're right at $200 by the time you get one here. Holy cow. The first time. After that, it's only like 85, but it's high. So they're trying to get that fixed next. Uh -huh. But but they're seeing a big, a big majority of people that are carrying are going ahead and taking the concealed carry class just to learn the ins and outs of it without getting a permit. 
And that's one of the big good things. That's very similar here since late 2019 is when we got the, uh, the constitutional carry. Um, we're seeing more concealed carry classes happening and I haven't seen the exact numbers, but I want to say that there actually has been an uptick in concealed carry permits. Um, just because I think people first, they put the prices in half. So it's like $50 to get it and $25 to renew it for five years. So it's, it's nothing. Uh, so that probably did help, but we have seen a, a lot of increase in concealed carry classes. And I want to say that our, our permit numbers are up, even though we are uh, constitutional carry, which is kind of interesting. Um, what's this say? Okay. Yeah. Clover, before we move to budget, you said you want to talk about the uptick. Oh, you permit. don't have to do it. We can do it. We can do it later. I was just making a note so I didn't forget. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to go to budget before and we'll come back to you here in a second. You know, see how it works, Snob. He finishes two points, but now he's going to have to like answer mm-hmm. everything. He's got to oh, reiterate on the point. Yeah. I Absolutely. Understand. Yeah. Um, J Dub says $200. That's all. Ours in California is with training, background, and interview with a sheriff is 700 That's if they allow it, first of all. You know, that's if you have I was going to say, and even then, they you might not get it. Exactly. Yeah. So, budget. I know that you guys in Ohio do not have constitutional carry, but you're working on it. Do you know what? So, for the political standpoint, what are the talking points for the the discussion points to go constitutional carry? Like, what are the talking points that they're trying to convince people this is a good thing? Well, number number one, it's demonstrate the benefits that it's already had everywhere else that it's already happened demonstrate the fact, you know, bring out the actual facts, the actual statistics, the actual numbers that show that there will not in fact be blood in the streets. Uh, We kind of, kind of have already a halfway edge on that because open carry is not regulated in Ohio. Anybody that can legally own a firearm can openly carry it down the street without a permit, without a license, without a background check, without permission, without anything. You just strap it on, sling it up, walk on down the street. It's not a big deal. Um, So we have that in our favor. Um, You know, they, the antis are using, of course, the same arguments they were using in Texas, the same arguments they used everywhere where they try to oppose it. So, yeah, Rhino DeWine will try to squash that for Ohio. Absolutely. He is not a friend of the Second Amendment. Is that your new governor? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully he will go bye-bye here in the next election. They're trying to primary him out. Yeah. I'm, I'm now, hoping it happens. Sure. Now, Rich is talking about in Virginia, they're doing thing where veterans uh, get their permit uh, fees reimbursed. So that's a, that's a bill um, here in Arkansas. We've, we've had a hell of a year for, uh, we started out with like the very first thing that was signed. One of the very first things that was signed by the governor this year was the stand your ground law, which before we had a duty to retreat. We now have stand your ground here in Arkansas. Uh, it includes uh, basically also the senior ground and castle doctrine all in one, which is great. Then we went with um, right after that. There's a whole lot of stuff. There was like six things that that happened. One of them was so prior, if you were active duty military or a current law enforcement officer, you didn't have to 
pay for your permit fees. I think that's probably uniform around most states and all of that. But the new one says that if you were retired law enforcement or a veteran, you no longer have to pay for your permit. So that's that's nice. Not that the, the $50, it's actually $25 for five years is a whole. Actually, I, I've got to get mine done this week. My renewal, um, mine it runs out in July, but my guy's like, hey, I can meet you out at the range. I'll take, you know, do it right there. I said, hey, perfect. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool. There's a lot of stuff going on. And what I want to talk about next is the ideas of why is it important, not just for the for being able to carry without a permit. And we're going to talk about constitutional carry along with two-way sanctuary states and all that. But the, the, the cool thing is, is I think as of right now, there are 20 states in the union that have constitutional care or permitless carry, however they word it, but constitutional slash permitless carry. Texas would be the 21st. Now, the reason why there are two reasons why I think that Texas passing this is important is, well, there's one, I'm from Texas, but I don't care at this point because I don't live there. Um, But I think what it does is when Texas does something, there's a ripple effect with a lot of other states that say, hey, if Texas is on board with this, might be a decent idea. So that might get more states to sit there and say, let's let's try this. Let's become the 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th. Now, obviously, with Texas coming in, hopefully they do pass it. You're not going to have the numbers as far as having the majority of states with constitutional carry. But with adding Texas, we already have Alaska. But with adding Texas, we by far have the majority of the landmass of America now under constitutional carry. And why that's important to me is with constitutional carry and these two-way sanctuary bills and all of that, all of this stuff adds up to a big FU to the federal government. I think what the biggest point that all of this has to make is for some reason, and I don't know if this was calculated. I don't know the governor's talk. Maybe it was an RNC type thing saying, hey, you know, in 2021, that's going to be the year of the state level two-way stuff. I don't know. I don't know. But a lot of states are doing a lot of cool two-way stuff this year. And I wonder if that's because they're saying enough's enough. Um, the message that it sends is to the federal government, especially if Texas gets on there, now the vast majority of land mass in America is under constitutional carry. What message does that send to D.C.? 13 states are now two-way sanctuary states. It might be more than that now, but last time I checked, it was 13 states now have two-way sanctuary status in their state. Whether or not that holds any clout, whether or not they can actually do anything, whether or not it even passes uh, constitutional muster, which it, it probably may not. But the message is, and the and the 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 optics of it is, is there are 13 states in the last five months, well, four months and a, a couple days, that have basically said, "Uh-uh, this is us. We're not taking your crap anymore on the two way." So I want to kind of go in and real quick uh, before we go into that, Clover, do you want to make your thing on the uptick? Go for it. Or is he already gone? He said he had to be back in a second, but yeah, I think he, he split for a minute. Okay, so I have one little thing to throw in there yeah, real quick. Yeah, go for it. I yeah. mean, the, the 2A sanctuary thing, like you said, we don't know that it's really anything more than a 
you know, a, a statement. But what it really is is a big middle <laughs> finger to the feds. That's right. right that's exactly right. And that's exactly where I think that they are important. It's not the fact that I believe that it's going to hold weight in court. I don't think that it's going to be anything. Like I said, it probably wouldn't even pass constitutional muster. Honestly, let's just be real about it. But it's the message that so far in the last four months, 13 states have basically said, fuck you to the federal government. I love that because I think that that is a statement that we can grow on because if we can get more and more and more, and let's say it takes two more years, let's say we have at that point, we might have 30 states that are constitutional carry, but it's about 80% of the landmass of America. And let's say we have 30 states with two way sanctuary status. What is the federal government going to sit there and say is damn, um, they're serious. Yeah, they're serious. And I think that that also shows that, say, you want to try to go after and start doing some crazy-ass gun control bills, go for it. We're going to sit there and say, not not here, not on our watch. And, and I think that's a really cool statement. So what do you guys uh, think about? Is it more of a statement thing? Go ahead, Budget. Go ahead. Go for it. I think, in theory, you're absolutely right. I think, in theory, it is a great statement. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I'm of the opinion that, in practice, unless and until I see a state actually arrest a federal law enforcement officer for attempting to enforce federal gun laws, unless and until I see a state actually arrest a state law enforcement officer for attempting to assist a federal law enforcement officer to enforce gun laws, this is nothing more than virtue signaling. It's this politicians saying, yep, constituents, see what I did? I said that we're not going to stand by and let them take your guns. Shout out, be infringed. Unless and until they actually do something, to quote Shakespeare, this is sound and fury signifying nothing. That's a fair point. Oh. Uh, anybody want to go ahead? Go ahead, uh, Rogue. Yeah, I mean, Mike, I understand where you're going with that, and I, I totally agree. The But... If you look at how Montana wrote their sanctuary law, they basically said that they're not going to enforce any federal laws mm -hmm. that violate certain weapons, ammunition, whatever. Okay. And it is illegal for the law enforcement to help the feds mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. enforce that. So, so yeah. basically what Montana said is, hey, feds, if you want to do this, you're on your own. Have we're they arrested helping. anybody for trying it yet? Well, it doesn't say that we're going to arrest it. It's it just basically says well, then, that Montana is not well, going to help it. you. Okay. It it basically keeps the law enforcement. From let me ask. Let me ask you guys something. How much good did the Kansas two A, uh, you know, federal law yep. nullification thing do the guy that had the suppressor? Yep. Yeah. Kansas zero. left that guy out to dry. Zero they should have helped him. Yeah, and that's that's what to. I'm saying. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Well, this that's the this two A sanctuary stuff. This two A oh. this federal gun law nullification movement that's sweeping the country means nothing no, unless no. they're actually yeah. going to enforce it and do so. And I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, like I said, for me, it's the it's the the optic. It's the the statement that's being yeah. made is these states are sure. saying you. It's I a good statement. It is a great statement. Wait till um, the Fed say right back. 
and then yeah, see here, if the states do anything. Well, last here, time they did, is, it didn't work out so well for them. Yeah, here in Arkansas, <laughs> here in Arkansas, what ours basically says is it's not going to say that we're going to stop federal agencies to come in and do their job. They're not going to do that. What they're saying is, is if you are a law enforcement officer inside the state of Arkansas and you get caught assisting in these enforcements or confiscations or whatever, you will be fined. Now, we don't know. We don't know. It's, it's brand new. I understand exactly what you're saying. And, and it very well could be just an optic play, but I like the optic. Yeah. But at the same time, it's the same thing. I mean, in Oklahoma, what do we have? We have medical, med- I can't talk, medical marijuana. What's the difference? Yeah. I mean, truthfully. Yeah. yeah. Truthfully. I mean, we had the same, you know, we have the same thing. We have the medical marijuana. And then now it's in Montana, is, it's, it's a, they legalized. But if you go back, I think it was 10 years ago, we passed a law in Montana that basically says that if a firearm is made in Montana, sold in Montana, that the federal government has no um, jurisdiction over it. We lost really bad in the federal court system on that one. Because, um, you know, the whole law was written that the, eight, the federal government can only regulate interstate commerce if it's... Yeah made inside the state doesn't leave the state and sold inside the state then they had no jurisdiction they got overturned it very well could be that these two a sanctuary states you know state laws are will get overturned uh when we passed ours i totally expect that ours would get overturned in a court battle there's no doubt about it and sure. and it's like it's like what, what trey was saying it's the ultimate finger to the government um you know it's these states are going Hey, you know, federal government, you're overstepping your boundaries. Originally, that was the this is the purpose of the state is to run our domestic problems. You need to stay it's out. Simple. Your your job is to protect the country, not our state. Well, no. you know, back on that suppressor thing, I think those laws are bad for gun owners, truthfully. Because because of what I see happening in Kansas. And I know Clover it's speak, almost, I know there's one going in Texas right law. now. Yeah, it's almost like an entrapment law. Like people because, get overly yeah. confident and then, and then they're screwed. Because the guys in Kansas, technically, rights. you know, I read a lot about the story in Kansas. Those guys were 100% within Kansas law doing what they were That's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They were 100% well, in violation of federal law and they got hung on it. Well, it's the same thing and, with legalization is if you, if, you know, like in Montana, we legalize and other states have legalized. But if you go in and fill out a 4473 and it asks you, are you, you know, are you using illegal drugs? And they'll say right in there, regardless of state law, it's still illegal federally. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think a lot of it comes down to a lot of these are, like I said, they're in, they're almost entrapment laws because these citizens are thinking, all right, well, the law here in, in let's say Kansas says that the NFA is null and void in the state. So I can have SBRs. I can have suppressors. And they're drilling a third hole with my drill press. And they're drilling the third (laughs) hole and and they're doing all this stuff. And that happens. And not only are they going to get fined and big time, they're going to go to jail. And when they get out of jail, they're probably never legally going to be able to own another firearm again. And so once again, be careful, understand that these are wonderful statements to make. The optics are beautiful, but you also have to understand that as much as we would like to think that the state supersede federal law, they 
don't. And just be well, careful about that. The thing that irritates me though is the like the marijuana either either just recreation or medical like it is here, which is I mean our medical marijuana might as be recreational. You go pay fifty bucks here in Arkansas, exactly. Yeah, but there's literally I can drive in my little small town. There's three dispensaries. The feds aren't touching those, and they can walk in there and touch those. They're not touching those. But Dude, I in Claremore, there were like five hundred. Oh yeah, there is in Claremore for sure. <laughs> but uh, if I if I put in a suppressor shop and full auto machine guns for sale, guess what? I bet you the yes. feds will be there tomorrow. Guarantee it. Now, or, or just buy a bunch really of fuel just, filters. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, so Clover was talking about he'd already made his points. In our private chat, he's got 37 different points <laughs> now that he wants to make. Hey. So yeah. you've got uh, 11 minutes to make your points. Oh, no, I don't. I don't need 11 minutes. 11 minutes total for the rest he of the stream, or, or 11 <laughs> minutes in a row. <laughs> you got to clarify there. We're talking you know, all this po political speak. Good lord! All right, we can all lean back and take a nap now for a minute. Yep, I'm, so, I'm, so I'm not even going to touch. Well, I'm not going to touch what what I was going to bring up earlier, maybe later in the, in the thing, but I, I do want to hit on after what, hours. You're gonna, oh, I want to oh, hit oh, on, oh, I want to oh, hit oh. on what we're talking about now with, with this. Yeah. There's, there's a couple things. First of all, the Texas, um, the Texas, what is it? Suppressor freedom or something. And then there's a made in Texas, right? Both of them deal with firearms and made in Texas or suppressors made in Texas that stay mm -hmm. in Texas don't fall under federal jurisdiction. Made by components that were right. made. Right, all got to be made here. Yeah. So, um, but here's here's the thing, and it goes. It speaks to the Kansas thing and some some other stuff. If you read these this legislation, there's caveats that point blank says they're doing this in an attempt to yeah. see how court scrutiny and blah, 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 and it holds up, right? So they're doing this to throw You're at the, the wall. Can't figure right. who the is. It's you. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's pretty it's pretty clear that it's not like, oh, we can just go do this. It's like, you can't go do this, but understand it's the state giving you some rope to go hang yourself, you know, and whether or not they're going to be there to, you know, to cut the rope and save you, who knows? Now, if we continue to have the attorney general that we got, um, unlike the Kansas thing, I, I foresee the state of Texas stepping up and, you know, and, and being able to do to do something. Well, um, that's a good point, because even Snob was saying that the state of Kansas left that dude hang out and dry. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, now whether or not it would have made any difference. Once again, we're talking optics here. It would have been nice to see the state of Kansas at least try to say, hey. You know, we're going to help you with this and all that. But Which, yeah. if I remember right, they ended up basically pleading that down to just misdemeanors for those guys. But still, right. it's the principle. It's the it. principle. They should have done something. They could yeah. have Hashtag, done I am not a test case. And as <laughs> yeah. long as it's a misdemeanor, and as long as it's a misdemeanor that does not get you, uh, you know, banned from owning firearms the rest of your life, right? Which would be. Yep. ridiculous if that happened then you know I, that's sometimes that's the price you have to pay unfortunately for a for a test case right i mean how many yep. how many pilots have died right test pilots trying to test new rockets and new jets and new things i mean it happens right yep. um it's it's just a part of the game to speak to the the overall nature um i agree that it's political posturing mm -hmm. um it's but <sighs> I, I it it is 
and it doesn't hold. I mean, the federal government can do whatever they're going to do. But here's the thing: if this come about because of the sanctuary, um, the uh, uh, what am I thinking? The like the illegal alien, the immigration sanctuary states, right? That's where this devolved from. So first of all, kudos because we're again we're using leftist tactics for our own agenda so we got to realize that while i don't agree necessarily i don't think the political posturing is that effective um kudos for learning and and utilizing other other tactics right um the other thing is it it's working to an extent on the immigration front so why well i think it has to do with the the people that we have in office and or the people that we have at the head of some of these bureaucracies, right, that control things. In other words, if we had a more pro-2A friendly president who is head of the executive branch, who is the head of these three-letter agencies, obviously, if we had a more pro-2A president and then we had some of these state freedom, state um, sanctuary 2A bills, right, would they hold more weight? Would we be able to get away with more when there is a pro to a executive at a federal level? And I think the answer to that is we probably would be able to, just like we see immigration being able to um, be circumvented or whatever when we've got pro illegal immigration, right? Politicians in those roles. Absolutely. Uh, G23, I think he's talking about the care package. I mean, the average cost, they say, is about $15. So uh, they say it's about $15 for a care package. So there you go. Uh, go over. There's a lot of different ones I use, about four different uh, organizations that do it. Um, the biggest one, that probably the most well-known, is Operation uh, Operation Gratitude. Um, that's probably one of the bigger ones. And that's there's, there's about seven or eight that are approved by the DOD. So if you're going, if you wanted to send some care packages, that's awesome. Go to the DOD and they have a listing of different organizations that are approved by them to make sure they are not scams and all of that. Uh, and, and try to use the organizations that the DOD has vetted and all of that just to be safe. But yeah, um, the biggest one I think is Operation Gratitude, but there's a bunch of great ones out there. So um, the biggest thing you can do also is, is if you have, I'm sorry, we're going down this road, but it was a question, but um, if you have like uh, any military base around you, even a National Guard base or a reserve base or something that's around you, you can take items. First of all, you can contact them and ask what what are the guys and gals asking for downrange, and they'll tell you what they need. Most of the time, it sounds crazy. It's not what you would think. Most of the time, it's socks, um, stuff like that, toiletries and all of that. Um, but you can ask what what people are asking for, but you can also take those items to that base and they'll take them from you and they'll make sure that they get sent over so you can just do that as well so there's a lot of stuff that you can do and all that i appreciate it what's up yehuda uh go check out pew pew Jew. we all know yehuda great guy awesome dude um but yeah there you go um was i interrupting someone i apologize i'm not that smart um i literally probably don't. clover no I was, I was done i was done okay all right so and, and, and I tend to agree that I think we're all agreeing that there is um, this should get five down range. Okay. Thank you. A $19 super chat. Appreciate you, brother. That will get 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, thank you so much, D23. I appreciate you. Um, so I, I think a lot of it comes down to what I'm liking, once again, is is the gesture, the statement, the whether or not it's political uh, pondering. It, it is a matter. It, it's it's the statement that looks, if you're, I guarantee, because I've had this conversation with someone, and they say, well, it, it really doesn't matter then. I said, it does matter, because I promise you, if you are, you have a representative or a senator in D.C. that may be anti-gun or maybe, uh, you know, I'm not going to say the Democrat, but it may be anti-gun or tend to lean the anti-gun route. And they see that their state has passed constitutional carry. They've passed a two-way sanctuary bill. They have all these different things at the state level that are being passed. What's that going to sit there and tell that representative, hey, you personally may be anti-gun, but the state has overwhelmingly voted in favor of these pro-gun things. That might change how they feel at the federal level, knowing that if they keep continue to go anti-gun, they may not get reelected the next term. So I, it does play a role at the federal level, even though it might be uh, just statements and all of that, understanding that... Everything that happens at the state level, if you don't think that the federal government is recognizing what's going on in their states, they may not listen all the time, but don't believe that they don't know what's happening. And so there's something to be said about that, especially a state like Texas, where there's the vast majority of the land mass of Texas is probably very conservative. Unfortunately, just like in most states, their urban areas are typically going to be at least liberal leaning but if states are overwhelmingly passing these things and they're overriding vetoes you know our, our governor is not very popular right now he is ve- not just 2a stuff but he's he's vetoed three or four bills in the last two or three weeks and all of them have been overturned that's not good for political clout you gotta have political clout if you're gonna be able to be successful at your job so once again the signal of this is a big finger to the federal government, but on a personal level, that federal government, your representatives, your senators that are at DC, they're keeping track what's going on. Because if you don't think that's going to possibly change how they vote on some stuff, at the federal level, knowing that their state is overwhelmingly doing this stuff, that's, that's part of it as well. It does reach to the federal level. It's not just a state level thing. Um, Let's see here. There was a couple questions that I wanted to get. Okay, so DJ says that Nebraska is a shall-issue state. Purchase permit for handgun is $5 for three years. So this is something I want to bring up because this is a thing I want to go. But the carry permit is $100 for five years plus a state-approved course. So in this room, within this room, does anyone, does your state, do you have to have a permit to purchase handguns. No, we don't here? believe in germ crow laws in Oklahoma. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy to me. Um, North Carolina has it. Evil. Yeah, that, this doesn't make it. I get it's $5 for three years, but it's still the fact that you've got That's weird. That's crazy to me. Now, in North Carolina, I know their purchase permit is superseded by their concealed carry permit. They're not required to have one if they have a concealed carry so permit. So they have a permit, a concealed carry. They don't have to get. Okay. That makes more sense. But it's still, I think I I seen, well, Sarge sent me a link the other day because I, whenever I did my top 10 states video, I 
didn't even consider North Carolina because they have a purchase permit and he griped about it. He sent me a link the other day. They were getting trying to do a bill to get that removed, but I'm sure their governor isn't going to do anything pro gun. Well, what gets me or what, what floors me is we're talking about Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Really? We're not talking about some New England oh, state. Illinois. Or or, yeah. yeah. Illinois. Yeah. Nebraska. Uh-huh. Like, What's Nebraska, Nebraska people need to rally and stand up. I think yeah. Nebraska could get some stuff done. If yeah. people could if get we could motivated. get Texas and Nebraska, it'd be Mexico to Canada constitutional yes, carry. It would. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. It would. And once again, you see that whole middle belt there. The Illinois of the world may or and I'm not saying that will, but if the Illinois of the world saying everyone around us is this, what, why can't we be a little bit less, you know, whatever is it going to reach up to, to California, New York and all that? I hope probably not. Let's be honest, but I hope, but that's what I'm saying is, is the, the, the ripple effects of all of this could be huge. You get, you get the ma- the majority of the landmass of America is under constitutional carry of Texas goes. Once again, that's another statement that the landmass of America believes in constitutional carry. So once again, it's all important. Uh, um, uh, who cares about like the flyovers? Uh-huh. It's his neighbor. But what uh, happened to Louisiana's constitutional carry? They were the governor threatened to veto it. I know, but it was going really good. Let's. Uh, find out. It was. Last I heard, it was in the Senate. I know he was threatening to veto mm-hmm. it, but you know our governor vetoed our first constitutional carry bill, and uh, she got replaced the next year. Yep. Here you go. Uh, this is from the Advocate. Um, legislation ending permit required. This is six days ago, by the way. Uh, for concealed carry advances in Louisiana legislature. Um, let's see here. Trying to get down here. Oh, of course, you got to sign up and pay your credit card to read the rest of it. So let's go try to find <laughs> another news. Paywall. You know, in all yes, seriousness, so in seconds, you know, go ahead. By next year, by next year, when more of these states go through the legislative session again, I could very mm-hmm. easily see 27 constitutional carry states. Oh, yeah. Very easily. Oh, easily. Very easily. Because, I mean, I Indiana was really close this year. Louisiana was really close this year. Texas should get it this year, hopefully. But either yeah. way, they're going to be really close if not. Well, next, we, don't have, but we don't have a next year. See? Oh, yeah. That's see, where, I that's where, every other year. That's where matters in Texas are so urgent. And a lot of people don't see that because they're constantly bombarded with all these states doing all these different things. Texas doesn't work like that. If we don't put a hundred and 50%, 190% into the effort right now, it's two freaking years before we get another shot. So the idea, I love the way that Texas is set up because politicians can only screw it up half as much as other states, right? Screw things up. That's beautiful. Unfortunately, it's a double-edged sword where if we don't get it done, then we've got to wait. And two years is You're going to be freaking, way behind if Texas politically politically two years is forever, man. It's like all the work you've done. Yeah, yeah, all the work you've done to secure the votes and to you know and to rally the people and you know you've got to start all of that over again. I mean, it took us it took us four legis- legislative sessions to pass ours, and that was eight years because we're the same thing as Texas. We only meet every other year. 
And uh, three times it went up to the governor and got uh, vetoed by the governor. And then now well, the governor changed. We finally got it through. We've we've never we've never had a governor problem with it. That's first of all in the times that that it's been introduced. Um, our problem is we had a speaker of the house uh, and or his crony buddy that succeeded him, succeeded him, whatever. Um, that was our problem, our primary problem. And that's what aggravates me and is aggravating a lot of people right now is that we've got it on both ends. We've got it booked in this point. I mean, the house was pretty much a slam dunk. It was bipartisan support. Um, and then now we're supposedly running into these issues with the Senate. That's never been an issue before. You know, right. it just, it doesn't make any sense. And so that's why we've got it. We've got to keep the pressure on and get it done. Well, and we're talking in Arkansas the same way. We're at every other year. So next year will be a fiscal session. So our next legislative session will be 2021. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, if your state is organized like that, first of all, this is this is a great time to, to educate yourself in your state level politics to figure out, are you an every year legislative session or are you every other year with a fiscal session in between? Uh, when here's a lot of things most people don't even know when their legislative sessions start and end you know most people don't even realize that there's it's not a whole year it's not like they're in it's session even just a couple oh, months here i don't know what it is in other states yeah, it's, it's, it's like four months here um because ours ended like the 29th that's when ours is too i think but so see, ours is still insane. technically going on because if they've got it through one house and have to send it back it's still alive this is true. So now, not- when the session ends, it, it just means that um, that the bills have to be, by the end of the session, they had to be introduced and at least gotten out of committee. If they, if they were introduced and out of committee, they're still good to go. They can schedule a floor vote, and that's just on one house. And so let's say it's been introduced the day of, and it got out of committee the day of in the house. It's good to go, even with having to go to the Senate and all that. But yeah, there are. But as far as the actual session, you know, it's just one of those things where people don't realize what you know what the session is, and, and there are recesses for you can be in recess for umpteen different reasons you know uh they'll come back they'll be in recess till the fall but understand that and the reason why in arkansas it sounds crazy but the reason why arkansas ours ends in april and they'll come back and recess in like october or november is historically because of the farmers they let the farmers go back to their farms during the planting and, and harvest season to do their jobs and then bring them back when it was time to do all that so historically there are reasons why certain things happen in different states is kind of crazy um all right so clover says i couldn't find anything that was definitive the last thing i saw was Amoland six hours ago that the governor has threatened to veto but clover has found something go for it um you're muted buddy. yeah i'm here um yeah. yeah i'm muted while i was doing this so i don't have anything on the veto and i, I okay. i've got but i've got the movement on the bill itself okay so okay, on cool. the on the 27th um it passed the uh louisiana senate uh 26 to 11 that's a pretty significant margin um and it's a senate bill sb 118 so mm-hmm. now it's moved into the house and as of the 29th of april uh according to this it's in the uh 
the Committee on Administration of Criminal Justice. So. Now, I know, remember seeing something last week, I was keeping up with it there for a while, that, and I don't know if this is because the House doesn't like that Senate bill, but I think there's like two or three other House versions floating around. Does it say anything about that or no? Nah, not, I would have okay. to, uh, I'd have to look, like I said, I was looking at that specific bill, so gotcha. I'd, I'd have to know the bill number. Well, I remember, well, I don't know. I'm just, I remember reading something last week about that's why it was taking long to get out of committee and all of that in the house is because there's already like two or three house versions of, of it going around. So who knows, who knows right. what's going on. And they may use some type of reconciliation, right. To just True. combine the other two together. They can, do a concur they, they can take a house and a Senate, call it a concurrent bill and right. say, here it is. You right. Know. Right. You know what I found is odd in Oklahoma. I did. I've never, I may have just not been paying attention before or whatever, but I was paying pretty close attention to the concealed carry permit bill because that was pretty near and dear to me after getting delayed too many times. The House had a bill and the Senate had a bill. They were identical. They mm -hmm. passed each other's bill and they both went to the governor's desk and he signed both of them. And they were literally identical bills. I don't understand it. I have no clue why, but I'm like, hey, we'll take it. Yeah, that is, that is w is a W, right? Yeah, but at this point in Oklahoma, pretty much anything, unless it's just crazy out the wall, is going through that like OK2A has been pushing. I mean, it's getting out of committee, it's getting signed off on, and the governor's signing it because they've got control of everything right now in a super majority. And so let me ask you this because I, I haven't been aware, but I don't keep up with Oklahoma politics, unfortunately, even though you're my neighbor. Um, it is what it is. It's like you don't keep up with Arkansas politics, but has how first of all, I'm going to ghost you here. There's a couple of questions here. Um, how long has OK2A been around? And the I just only started hearing about them about a year or two ago. But if they've been around longer, has the rise, at least from my vantage point, the rise of the OK2A have they helped push? I mean, the reason why I'm going with this is I think we all understand that local organizations have a lot more power than people think. But has this been something OK2A has been around for a long time? Or are they just coming into power they, now? They what? started in 09, I believe he said. Okay. And I've been a member since 15, I think. Okay. And they've really started doing a lot, getting a lot of stuff straightened out. But see, like even our constitutional carry, the whatever the Oklahoma state rifle and pistols, whatever that one is, the version of NRA, they were actually against constitutional carry and they went against it, which was whatever. But so pretty much they lost all clout with most people in Oklahoma when they did that. Yeah. So but yeah, okay. Two a has been excellent. Okay, two a, yeah, yeah. And they have one person that's full time. The one guy's full time. Everybody else is just, wow. and he spends all his time at the Capitol when they're in session. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just one of those things we have, and it's not affiliated with the GOA, but it's called the Gun Owners of Arkansas. It's it's a, it's a group that's been here for probably about six, seven years, and, and it's been pretty instrumental on uh, getting the, the ideas to our legislators that, once again, the death by a thousand cuts approach is maybe would work for constitutional carry, it would work for senior ground, it would work for all this other, and it did work. Um and that, that's the whole point is, is and I know that um, Clover knows a lot of the, the, the actual GOA of Texas people and Texas Rifle Pistols, whatever, the, I'm not sure exactly, the Texas Rifle Association, whatever it's called, it's right. called a TRSL or something like that. 
I don't, I don't TRSA or something, but I don't, I don't, you'll talk to it, but, and I'm sure budget and, and rogue probably know of their organizations at the state level. But I think that what we're seeing is it's nice to see. And maybe once again, we've all talked about this, that the quote unquote fall of the NRA could be a hugely impactful thing positively for all of us, because now we don't have that elephant to lean on. And I think we've all, and everyone in this room I know for years have been preaching state local organizations, start your stake in locally first. And you're starting to see all these state organizations grow up because I think that now that we didn't have big brother in, you know, there to, to protect us, we had to start doing something on our own. And I think that these organizations have been around for a while but in most states' cases, the rise and the and the relevance of these state organizations have really gotten stronger in the last couple of years. And I think that's because the NRA kind of took a step back. What do you guys think about that? Feel free to just jump in. Oh, yeah, I, I um, when you're talking about the the fall of the NRA and the rise of these other ones, um, I, I caution everybody to not distinguish between the fall of the NRA from the social impact with training and other things and the political mm-hmm. side, political side, totally agree. Um, yeah. the, the, all of the training and the social aspects and the other end is, is, yeah. is mental. If we lose that, we have to save yeah. that portion of the NRA in some way, shape, form or fashion, whether another organization picks it up, whatever the case may be, that has to be saved. That is a death nail. If we, if we lose that, a lot of people don't realize it. Um, but you're 100% spot on that. I think that a lot of these other state organizations can, uh, can pick up the ball. I think they already have, as as Snob is illustrated down there, and ran with it. The same thing has happened here, quite honestly. Um, I used to be a director for Texas State Rifle Association. You had that right, TSRA. And um, unfortunately, and it's one of the reasons that I I went one term and then I, I never ran again, um, was they took their cues. And this was really before – it was before the modern shenanigans of the NRA, right? Wayne LaPierre buying suits and that kind of garbage. This was prior to all of that. Um, but even then, TSRA took a lot of their cues. We had a great in TSRA, a great, great, great was with us the entire um, lifespan of the, the organization, Alice Tripp, a great lobby. Um, she retired, rightfully so. She put in her time. She was a fireball. She'd done wonderful work. Um, Texas State Rifle Association with the problems with the NRA because they tended to take a lot of cues from the NRA. So with the problems with the NRA coupled with the loss of an amazing lobbyist, um, the NRA has fallen, the TSRA, I should say, has fallen back here in Texas. And honestly, the GOA with Rachel and Felicia, oh my God, are crushing it. They're doing, um, I would, I would say as an organization, better than the TSRA. So they've learned, they've built on and learned from mistakes. Um, both of them are, um, both of those gals are just as feisty as Miss um, uh, Miss Alice was for TSRA before. Uh, and I think that if TSRA ever gets their crap together and can get a lobbyist that's got the fire and the passion, right, um, of, let's say, Rachel with GOA or uh, another a uh, person that was like Alice 
before, once they finally get a good lobbyist, will it be, even be stronger in Texas? Because we'll have two amazing organizations. And that's not counting Open Carry Texas, Texas Freedom Force, uh, Texas Handgun Association, and the, the various other small organizations that are here in Texas. One from Hobby Lobby. Uh, okay. That's great. <laughs> Uh, snob, you were before you were so rudely interrupted by the damn leprechaun. <laughs> you got to be quicker with the buzzer, man. You just I know, I know, <laughs> I know. The middle of my sentence got in the way of the start of his. I, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even notice. If it, of if course, it had he talk over it. <laughs> Why would he notice that anyone else was talking? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I don't know, but he made another point now, so I've already forgot my first point. But you know, he was talking about the suits and stuff of Wayne Lapierre, like our state organization, OK, two A. Don Spencer's the president of it, and he's the lobbyist that's there at the Capitol. And he just recently went to getting paid from them full time. Before he had to have a job and still do this, but in the last few years, he's got to be able to work full time for them and do what he loves doing and do what he does good. And I don't care what they pay the man. They can pay the man more than LaPierre makes and they can buy him suits, fly him airplanes. He's getting yeah. a job done. I don't care what he gets paid if he's getting a job done. And that's like if the NRA was getting a job done. I don't care what he's getting paid if he's doing the job right. and getting stuff passed. I don't right. care. Absolutely. That's the whole point. I don't think that anyone would have would have had a problem with the suits and the vacations and the jets and the hotels and everything that Wayne was doing had he been actually doing what he was supposed to be doing was protecting not serving up the two way to whoever was the highest bidder in Washington so once again i think you're right if if Wayne if Wayne would have been doing what he was supposed to be doing then I don't think anyone would have cared nor that would have questioned his motives or what he yeah. was doing with the money. I don't think they would have cared as long as he was doing what he was supposed to do. Great. I you think know? you're, I think you're more right whether they never would have questioned. Yeah, sure. You know, that's where they really opened themselves up to scrutiny is when you're not doing your job. Like, you know, you go to work. I mean, think about it. It doesn't matter who you work for or where you work. If you go in and you're doing your job every single day to the best of your ability, right? Or you go in and you screw up constantly. Which one is get, which? Which one is going to get noticed first? Probably the one that's getting screwed up constantly because they're going to fire that person and find somebody who can do the job. That's right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, if we had if we had nationwide constitutional carry, or even nationwide concealed carry reciprocity right now, if we had the NFA getting repealed, the Hughes Amendment getting repealed, stuff like that, if the NRA was actively working for that, I don't think anyone would have cared in the least. Uh, Hell, they don't want to give them a raise. If, if yeah, exactly. Them, if any of one of those would have gotten gone, not all of them, if any of them, at least there's progress at this point. Mm -hmm. yeah. The, the yeah. latest you look at the last six things have been a negative towards a two-way. If there had been one positive step forward, they probably don't look. Mm -hmm. But it's all been backwards, and you know, nationally. Well, the, to me, this is, and I might be off of this, but you know, it's it's when I stop my membership to the NRA personally, but I think where it happened was in October of what twenty was it eighteen when the Vegas shooting happened, and the NRA came out with a joint statement that basically said that they agree that bump stops should be looked at. That right there was the beginning of the end, because at that point people were like. 
we haven't we haven't been paying attention. We haven't paying. We're going to give them our fifteen dollars a year. We're not paying attention. Say what? Mm-hmm. And, and then the spotlight came back on them. They're like, oh damn it! To you play know? devil's advocate here, yeah, to sure. play a ghost. Maybe they were right. Maybe they had the votes in the Senate at that point to go after Bob Stocks and do more and take more. Maybe they did. Sure. But I'm of the mind that no matter what they had, NRA should have came out against them doing anything and fought. And if we lost, if we lost, I guess we lost more than what we would have lost. But at least they came out and fought for what was right. Not If if they had something working in the back room, one thing, but publicly, here's the thing. I'll say this. I don't even think they needed to come out for bump stocks if they just would have not made a comment at all it's better than coming out and saying yep. look at these things if yep. they just would have left it alone yep i think it's better yep um sorry it was i, I interrupted I interrupt somebody i'm sorry go ahead whoever was talking i heard someone getting ready to talk no i was i i was oh. chiming in and just saying yeah yep i was oh, okay. i was agreeing that i think so too I think they brought attention to things that there shouldn't have been attention brought to, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, Snob, uh, was it budget? Were you were you on the road to saying something there? No. Okay. I heard someone, maybe it's just, hey, it's, I have multiple personalities. It might have been one of them trying to get out. Uh, I thought I had that door locked, but obviously not. Uh, let's kind of go take a step because there is some pretty cool stuff that was said earlier. I had to go find it. Um yeah, and school cram was right. Uh, elections are just a huge hiring process, and they need to remind. That's the biggest thing is, is you know whether or not they believe it. Or not, I, I think that that politicians tend to believe it more at the state level because they're making they're not they're making stipends. They're not getting paid a salary necessarily. They're getting paid stipends. They have to keep their normal nine to five jobs. They're getting paid a stipend to be a state legislator. So I think that they're going to remember that this is a temporary job at best. And uh, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Dave. Um, and I, I love it was with uh, Kevin Klein. He played the president who's a lookalike ended up having to become the president because the president had a stroke or something. If you ever watched Dave, go watch Dave. But he had a great line in there. And he said, you know, being the president or a politician, is it's, it's a temp job. It, you know, and that's what it is. We need to look at it. And they need to re- be reminded of that. Then this is a temporary job, and if if you're not doing your job, then your contract's not going to get renewed. And we talk about that a lot, but I think that what's happening is with a lot of stuff in the state. Once again, I'm going back to the state level doing stuff yeah. that are sending ripple effects to the federal side. I think that it is a big, big deal because for the first time in a long time, when it comes to two-way stuff, when it comes to two-way stuff, for the first time in a long time, for some reason, like I said, I would love to find out if this was a, a, a coordinated movement this year. Maybe the RNC did some stuff. I don't know. But there are so many pro two-way stuff going through so many states right now, almost at the exact same time, that I think it's a beautiful thing to see. Because once again, whether or not they want to admit it or not, the people in the federal level in D.C. know what's going on. And I think that that's what's hugely important. That going to the question of the show is: our constitutional carry, our two-way sanctuary states, our stand your ground laws, or anything that's pro two-way, are they worth it? And the answer is absolutely. Whether or not they hold the weight of law in the court systems, we don't know because we're just starting this process. There's a lot of these constitutional carries or two-way sanctuary bills that might get challenged in in courts and get shot down. 
But are they worth it? Yes, because it's the message that is being sent for the first time in a long time. We, the people, seemingly are taking it back and saying, no more. We're not gonna, we're not gonna take it. You know, this is our build. Move on. We're not gonna take it. (laughs) We ain't gonna take it. No. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those that this is our Gadsden flag is don't tread on me, homie, because we ain't gonna, we're not, we're not, not on our watch. I'm not gonna say we're not gonna take it because I don't want to start dancing again. You know, do a little Carlton going, but uh But we're not going. We're we're not, and I think that that is uh, wonderful because the people in D.C. This is their job. They're career politicians. The more things we can shove in their face, saying, "Look, we're not. We're not going to do this anymore." Well, you know, I the nice thing on the state level is if you yeah. want to get in contact with your state rep or your state senator, it's not it's that hard to actually it's meet it's him in person. Yeah, I have met mine in person. Oh yeah, mine lives five minutes from me. Yeah, absolutely. And you I mean, can meet them at the donut shop, probably, because once again, when they're not, they're they're getting paid a stipend, so they're going to be living back in their territories, doing their jobs. You probably know them, especially if you're like where I live and you live and Clover and, and probably Rose. I don't know about budget, how big of a town, but all of us probably like have met them personally and can find them anytime we need to talk to them at their local well, business. You know, I've told this before. I had an issue with our former county commissioner would not take care of our road. I mean, I live on a gravel road. And it's just it was sure. horrible. And I called, 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 called it, nothing. It won't go down there. So. Well, yeah. Well, anyways, it's it's good now though. But uh, I ended up finally getting on the phone with our state rep, and he actually came out in his vehicle and drove these roads and called me back and said it would be handled. You know. And there he called go. me. I had his cell phone number, but now he's now the mayor of Anita. He's not even a rep anymore. But so I mean, he I'm was just super. Gave me his number, said he would take care of it. Hmm. Huh? He says he's probably making more money as as the mayor because that's an actual salaried position. Um, You know, and and I want to bring up something that was pulled up up there is is, um, um, term limit. Now, in Arkansas, we went to term limits not too long, a few years ago, a few, maybe five, six years ago, whenever it was. And I think that's one of the best things that's happened because you had people that he's a friend of mine. He's much older, but he was the speaker of the house for this, not just elected as a representative he was a speaker of the house for like 30 years like he was the most powerful person in arkansas um above the governor even at the federal representatives or senators he was a the speaker of the house for like 30 years and they did term limits now and i think the term limits are 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 good because at this point people can't be focused on becoming a career politician they, they should be focused on doing whatever job that they can do the best because they know they've only got blah, blah, eight years or whatever that is, 10 years or whatever. They're not going to be there for the rest of their lives. And I, and I want to get to you guys. Ro, going to bring you in. Um, unfortunately, bro, the other four of us, we, we, we hang out like in person a lot. So you've got to be quick because you can get left out of conversation with us because we all like to give each other hell. So uh, you need to jump in more and just jump in the deep end and say, Hey, I'm here too. Clover, shut up. Um, but <laughs> you guys have term limits in, in your state at all. We passed ours not that long ago. Uh, I think, uh, I think it was probably about six or six or eight years ago. We put in term limits. Um, Have you seen a positive effect of that or negative? Uh, I see a positive effect. Uh, it's because we 
we started seeing things get passed um, because, you know, like like other states, we only meet every other uh, every other year. Mm. And it, and even then we only meet for 90 days. There's 90 working days mm. every other year. So you got to get things. Session. Yeah. Okay. The legislative session. So you yeah. got to pass things and you got to pass them quick. Um, and things were things were getting drugged down. And once term limits were over, these politicians knew that they were on notice. You got to get your job done. And uh, yeah, the the velocity of what what happened uh, in our legislative sessions just just increased. Uh, things started getting passed. Things were getting uh, done. In um, in in all, we were starting to see a positive effect with just the citizens. Yeah, um, uh, citizens are getting a little more inv involved. They need to because they've only got X amount of time. So yeah, now yeah. budget. You want to go ahead and say what you're. First of all, I'm surprised. That's a long ass. I mean, that's almost a damn full year. Uh, that's crazy. Um, but it's their job. Um, it is so they they're not paid a stipend. They're at, they're that's their full time gig, huh? In Ohio, our legislators, both the House and the Senate, make what is the number sixty thousand five hundred eighty four dollars a year. And they run from January fourth to December thirty first. Now, do y'all uh, have so they a, run all year? Do y'all have an alternating yeah. session where legislative fiscal, legislative fiscal? No, they do whatever, whenever. Oh, so every yeah. year they're every they're, year they're sticking their grubby little mitts into everything they think they can. Um, now, now how they, long have they you return limits? Has that been a long time thing? Um, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm not sure. I hadn't been paying attention to local politics as well as I should have for as long as I should have. Um, they have they could serve eight years in the House or Senate, and then if they want to, they can Switch. swap and run for the other body, and then they can serve eight years there, and then sure. they're done. So a total of 16 years in office. Which I don't have a problem with that. Um, you know, it's one of those things, but have you – do I mean I, I guess eight years? That's a little bit. Long. I, don't, I don't know if ours is eight years. I want to say it's like six years. Well, there's there's several terms in there. The Senate is four year terms, and the House is two year terms. Right. So you know they always got to be running for office, but it's so a total of eight years. Number. Then yeah, they can eight. go to the other house, or I guess they could serve two and one, two in the other, or whatever. Sure. Flip flop back and forth if they really wanted to, but that would be kind of ridiculous. I'm trying to avoid Clover because this could go deep. So, Snob, you're up next. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you guys have term limits? And if so, like, has, have you seen a, a, a positive thing it's, with term limits? I don't know when they uh, like budget. I didn't used to pay enough attention, apparently, because I have no clue when they were implemented. But, yes, we have term limits. And I just went and looked up how long they were because I did not know that. I just knew we had them. They are 12 years yeah. total. They can do a combination of both houses or just one house, but it's 12 years, period find out what ours are too so it doesn't matter it's 12 years total mm -hmm. whether they serve it all in the senate or all in the house it's 12 years total or they can mix them let's see here in arkansas um it started in 2018 i'll go see if i can find when ours came in um, ours was started in 2018 it started in 2014 uh, that permit legislators to serve a total of 16 years in the House or Senate, thereby doubling and more than doubling the amount of time a lawmaker can stay. Um, 
Previously, representatives could serve up to two three-year terms, while senators could serve up to four two-year terms. This measure would have imposed terms to six years. So basically, it's uh, a total, it looks like, of 12 years total. Um, Sound of the same thing. It doesn't really matter, but you've got X amount. You can't go, like budget says, eight years in one, and then go eight years in another. It doesn't matter. Uh, you can do whatever you want, but you've got X amount of years total, which I, I have seen. I have a lot of friends and, and acquaintances that are representative senators and all of that. And I have seen a positive thing because they know that they don't have the rest of their lives. Now they might be setting up for um, a U.S. representative or something else that you never know what this is going to lead to. Maybe you run at the governor, attorney general, or whatever. Um, but they also know that they're going to have to get their stuff done. They can't just kind of hide in the shadows and hope that no one notices that they're even there and, and all that, if they want to get something done, they need to get it done quickly because uh, time is of the essence. Now, Clover, um, do they have term limits in Texas? I think we don't have to talk about this, but do you want to no. go into that a little bit? They don't, but... Is there a movement for it? Um, not really. I, I think Texas okay. has played this a little differently. Um, our folks um, make... on a, on. So they get a sal a base salary plus a per a daily per diem per when diem, sure. when um when the legislature is in session, right? Mm -hmm. sure. So if you if you add that up, the most they could possibly make over a two year term is like forty five thousand dollars. The most they could possibly make, including the per diems and everything, including the per diems. Yeah. So Texas has took a strategy where you know what you're going to do good to live off this, <laughs> you, you, yeah. you, you know? So rather than the term limit approach, you know, Texas has, is uh, this is the way I see it anyway, it's taking an approach where, you know what? We're just, we're just not going to pay you. They're that just going to starve you to death. So you're you going to have to, you're going to have to live in the real world. You're going to have to ha get a job in the real world or, or have nice a career or something. Those, those jobs are going to be in the places and, where they live. So they're yeah. forced to live with the people well, they're representing. And, and realize that they're only, they've only really got one session except for emergency matters, right? So in our sessions, in our sessions run, our sessions run January, only run January through May, January, February, March, April, May, five months. So over two years, roughly, you're, you've got to work for the state five months, right? So by the hour, you're making pretty good money. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you, you figure the that fiscal out, yeah. sessions and the odd number, use the fiscal. Do y'all have fiscal sessions? No, no, we do not have oh. session, period. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we have we have legislative one year and fiscal the next. So they're going for four months, and then they'll have a couple months in the fall. I got a recess. You know, let's say six months a year is what they're there, but it's it is every year. It may not be legislative. But they're still there during the fiscal session as well. So it's about six months that they're there, roughly. Um, I'll tell you what happened also here in Arkansas was a few years back, and it rippled. The ripple effect um, was, I, I'm surprised it passed, but they were almost, they almost didn't have a choice um, because of, there was some weird stuff happening. Mm -hmm. They also passed a law that now the lobbyists, 
could not pay for anything for not even take him a cup of coffee. They couldn't buy him lunch. They much less take him on trips. Used to they would take him to the Super Bowl. They'd take him to wherever. These lobbyists would, you know, take these representatives everywhere. They can't even buy them a cup of coffee anymore. And that has changed a lot because once again, they're given a stipend is to be a representative or a senator here. They can make some serious money from the lobbyists if they needed to. Uh, and that went away. Now, whether or not it really went away or they just got creative is another issue. But on the on the surface, it was a ripple effect because people were like, oh, snap. Like, we can't just be out in the bout and like publicly flaunting that I'm taking this representative to a NASCAR race in Dallas. Uh, all expenses paid on the on the Walmart jet or whatever. They can't do that anymore. So I, I think that there are things that the checks and balances of keeping our rep- elected representatives in check, because now if they know that one, there's term limits, and two, the money is may not be worth it because they can't get the soft money anymore. Um, that might keep people certain types of people from even running for office it might make it to where the only people that are going to run are the ones that are truly in it to be mr smith goes to washington and that's a wonderful thing i believe well we also i forgot to mention this have a yeah. uh, we have a constitutional amendment that our sessions there can't be any more than 140 business days active days whatever you want to call it in a session as gotcha. well so it, that's the maximum that's the limit it's like that's the hard cutoff right um yeah there's something i need to find out what arkansas legislative you know that don't that doesn't count weekends obviously sure. or holidays or you know it's not sure. con- congruent or whatever but yeah um so like ours, ours started in January 11th and, 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 but the filings could begin in November. Uh-huh. Uh, they could file stuff as early as November, but uh, as far as, um, so our session lasts 60 days unless legislature votes to extend it. Um, the, the governor can't issue a call for a special session, which he did last week, um, but it's a 60 day session concurrent concurrent 60 days not necessarily 60 days altogether but it can only run for 60 consecutive days at a time well that and and you're you even though it's it's divvied up between the fiscal and the legislative i mean that's still you add those together over two years that's 120 days so it's similar to what texas does we just do it all at once absolutely absolutely uh and i'm not saying it's only 60 days it just means it's only 60 days in a row they can have recess and come back they can have special sessions yeah it doesn't um, have a max cap it doesn't, it doesn't have a max cap but it yeah. can only run for 60 consecutive days i don't know that i like that y'all need to push for a max cap put a max cap of 100 days or something on it oh i'm sure there, there probably is but it, it, i was just reading the basic google right. stuff um and there's no telling how deep it goes but yeah anyways uh damn Wow, I just looked at the clock. It's been two hours. So um, is there anything else that you guys want to bring up or or is there any topics that I might have missed out in the chat that we want to talk about or no? I want to talk about the instructor thing. I want to go back to what I was going to say when we talk about that because because that's been a point of contention. Uh, Law enforcement and instructors for for whatever reason. Uh, But the instructors I want to talk about specifically, I I noticed something strange. Um, 
and maybe it was just me, but with the testimonies the other day, um, I noticed that the instructors that are against constitutional carry, I'm going to put this out there because other people in other states may, may see this pattern. Um, it seemed to be a bunch of old crotchety dudes. Yeah. And then the ones that were okay with it are the younger guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if you don't have a bunch of old buds, whatever. Um, I can say it because I is one um, <laughs> that I wondered if you don't have a bunch of these old crotchety dudes that are old, they're lazy. Yeah. They, they don't have anything else to offer and they don't, the only thing they do is the license to carry. So that really cuts into their stuff. If, if there's constitutional carry and people may want to go get basic handgun training or advanced handgun training or flipping over the hood of a car handgun training. These old crotchety dudes don't teach that, right? So they're no. screwed. So what do they got to do? They've got to double down on, we don't need constitutional carry. Whereas the younger guys teach all of that stuff. So they're yeah. not going to lose anything. They can pivot, right? Absolutely. And pivot. continue to make, and pivot. continue. Pivot. Okay, Ross. And continue to make that's a friend's <laughs> reference, everybody. And Sorry, continue, not, and they can continue to make money, right? And so, I just sort of seen that dynamic. I don't know if anybody else that watched the footage or has been paying attention have noticed that, but I have, and it's it's disheartening. No, I, and I I understand. And well, I don't like it, but I and I, I understand why there are groups of instructors that will not support constitutional carry. I get it. Um, but I truly do believe I've seen it here. Like I haven't seen the actual numbers yet because those won't come out um, for later on this year until the two year mark. We're, we're, we're collecting data over two years since the inception of uh, constitutional carry. I'll see it later this fall. But I can see it here. The uptick and at least the awareness and the want to. Right. Well, it doesn't matter what kind of training, whether it's just concealed carry or if it's advanced stuff. I've seen a huge uptick in the last two years of people expressing vocally and, 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 and saying, I would like to go get some training of some kind. I think so. It is what it is. Yeah. I think we had, I think we had a conversation privately about this, but there was a guy in the, uh, in the hearing that was from Texarkana. Yeah. And he was talking about, because he's able to do training plus Arkansas training, right? Yep. Being in Texarkana. And he was talking about that Arkansas's got constitutional security. He's like, look, this is not a big deal for Texas. Arkansas has it. I am backed up, backlogged six months on my training sessions from, from the Arkansas side of things. He's and we like, have constitutional carry. Yeah, yeah, he's like, this is not an issue. Um, one other one other thing I want to hit on real quick, if I can, yep. because that, it was out in the chat earlier, and I kind of addressed it in the chat, but I want people to understand this. The other issue of contention is law enforcement being against this. Sure. We hit on this a little bit last night with Devin uh, on, on my live stream, but the law enforcement thing, make no mistake, is purely political. Mm-hmm. The There's no other. It's political and it's organizational. The higher up police chiefs that are members of the brotherhood organizations, blah, 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 works kind of almost like a union. 
And all of them typically lean <laughs> Democrat, they lean liberal, they lean. And so they make the decision what? whether or not that quote unquote organization supports something or not. That and doesn't who's mean leader, and who's the leader of the organization. Usually it's going to be from Houston, Dallas, or right. Austin. The you know, big departments. Right. The big right. departments. So the rank and file underneath them. If they speak out, they could lose their job. They could get reprimanded. They could whatever. So when you're saying that, oh, I'm not hearing a lot from the good law. Well, it's because they'll lose their freaking job if they do. It's And it's a sad situation. So don't Like the guy that donated to Kyle Rittenhouse did. Right. So don't confuse the law enforcement issue in Texas. It is politically driven. California State Assembly with their house gets paid $114,000 a year, Ooh. 12 years max. Yeah, but that's like, like 50 cents for the rest of us, though. I was going to say, that's like 14000 yeah. here in Oklahoma. So, yeah. Right. That's minimum wage. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, but seeing those numbers, you go to someone in North Dakota, $114,000 sounds really damn good, probably to a lot of them. So, um mm-hmm. Here in Arkansas, $114,000 goes a long way in Arkansas. I've Unless said for a long yeah. time, I've said for a long time, whether it's state or federal level, here's what I'm for. Whenever the legislature is in session, you cut their pay way back. Term limits, okay, that's fine too. But whenever they're in sessions, in session, at these capitals, literally built, screw the whole office thing and all this, build military barracks. If you're a legislator, you go down for your session for whatever it is, three months, five months, whatever it is. You live in a military barrack with the other legislators. That's where you live while you're down there doing doing that. And can you have an office or is there like a, you know, maybe like a shot show with big long tables and computers set up or something like that? Sure. Have some kind of place where they can obviously do I the work. It's but, I say a squad bay where it's open. Well, I don't know enough about I don't know enough about the military thing, right? To get too specific, but you, no, you, you see where I'm going with, it. with bunk. Are you talking about open room with bunk beds? That's or what I was. That's what I. That's what I was talking about. With the hell yeah, room. I'm in on that. With bunk beds, yeah. Please, okay, with Firewatch. Politicians, politicians gone wild. Put some. I mean, there would be some crazy shit going on there. I promise you. But no amenities, right? No amenities. Hey. You got to do group showers, group, you know, you walk to the chow hall together. You're going to be together. I, yeah. I'm down. It will never happen, but I'm down for that because you want to get stuff done. They're going to have to live together. So do we really want to start going crazy against each other? Because I got to live with you. Like you're my bunk mate, bro. It's the well, damnest thing. They get everything done it. in one week. We hear it. We hear it all the time from new politicians that as soon as they walk in the you know, the Capitol doors, they're ushered to their little clique, their little corner, their little group, their little whatever, right? Everybody gets isolated. Yep. And that would end that. It would be over with. Absolutely. So if we have a barracks or, or a squad bay, mm. do we get rid of the whip position and it becomes the blanket party position? I'm all for blanket parties, man. <laughs> in case y'all don't know, it's when you get a sock and you put some soap in a sock, wrap it up, and you and you you take care of people that need to be taken care of nice so yeah uh you voted against me (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) right no kidding seriously and the firewatch if people don't know what firewatch is it's the security like you we have people at least two people at at any given time that are patrolling making sure that no one's leaving no one gets in and all that um yeah man you lock those doors at, at midnight and 
if you're outside the barracks, you ain't coming in. And, and if you're, if you're in, you ain't getting out and whatever happens happens. But uh, that would be yeah. interesting. The concept of, yeah, of open squad bay living conditions. You that get, would be awesome. You get, you get military pay and you basically yep. have to live like active military. And you, 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 your per diem is not, you don't get paid for your per diem. They give you a chow hall. And you yeah, no, you've it. got everything provided for your housing, yeah. for your food, but for it, your transportation. You, yeah, all that's provided. Yep. Yeah, and you don't get extra. You get what average military, let's say, makes, and you mm -hmm. live in the same conditions, yep. on base I'm, type conditions. I'm all for it. Yeah. Uh, Redneck Boys says no water burger for them. That'll get the job done. <laughs> They'll get that stuff. Like, like Snob said, they might be done that's with everything human. in a week. That would be it. Would be inhuman. Well, they uh, could have leave when they weren't in session. I'm talking about when they're in session, right? Most and, of them have apartment. Here's, here's the money here's the thing. It's money most through them, so weekends they can go home or whatever. Right, but like, like Friday, most really of them now, most of them now have apartments or whatever in Austin. Sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Do away sure. with that. No, uh, -uh. no, no. Matter of fact, I want to say that they're probably paid for by their constituents. Well, the the per diems and stuff certainly help. That's part yeah. of, that's, that's, I would venture to say that's mostly what the money, um, sure. that they, that they, that they put out or they spend on stuff is probably for housing when they're down there. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I'm off, you know, you do something like, Hey, you have to be, this is a money through Friday type thing. So you have to be in the squad bay by midnight, Sunday night slash Monday morning. Okay. Uh -huh. And you can leave as soon as session's over on Friday. You know, you don't have to. You can go home for the weekend or whatever. Uh, I'm all for that. I think that'd be a really interesting yeah. idea. State I love it. and federal level. Ooh, the federal level. Ooh. Yeah, the federal's where it needs to happen for sure. Yeah, because you're talking yeah. about people in million-dollar homes. Forget apartments, right? Mm -hmm. They've got million-dollar extra houses in Washington. No, you live like the military, like active military. Sorry. The military get better barracks and all that. As as I guarantee. Now, because yeah. if it's written that you will get the average military living conditions, dude, the military, the Marine Corps is getting ready to get a serious facelift. Right. Are you saying? Are you saying? And this is just coming from what y'all have said. Are you, saying, for everybody. are you? Are you saying they're going to get Air Force conditions? Is that what you're saying? I I don't know. I'm not going that far. I'm not going that far. No, seriously. I know, there's a there's a story behind that. So I'm in Okinawa. This is in like 95. And there's a huge Air Force base down there. And they were doing some renovations to their living quarters. I'm not going to call them barracks because it wasn't living quarters. Right. And so our base, there's like six Marine Corps bases on, on the island. But the base that I was at, it's only half used all the time. Because people rotate in when we're going somewhere. They just rotate in and out, in and out, in and out of this base. So half the base is always open and for whatever reason. So they said, well, while we're getting these living quarters done in the Air Force base, we're going to send a bunch of E1, E2s, and E3s up to Camp Hansen. And since they have all these open barracks, they've got, they've got room up there. So they came up, and I remember it was like on a Thursday. By Monday, they were gone. And I said, dude, where the where the flyboys go? And they're like, oh, well, they're living over now in the officers' barracks. Wow. No joke. E1s, E2s, and E3s 
are living in Marine Corps officers' quarters because they came and said that our living conditions were unsatisfactory for the Air Force. We live there every day. So they moved. There was an E-1 is living in the same housing condition as like a captain and an officer, a major, a colonel, same quarters. And I'm just like, that's the Air Force. I've got, so, I've yes, got a, I've got a friend. He and I remember he spent like twelve years in the Air Force, and I can't mm-hmm. remember now, um, but I remember him telling me the story, and I can't remember now where he said he was stationed, but they mm-hmm. literally had like a ten or twelve story apartment building no, that the military, like right. like DOD, purchased it, and that's where yes. they all had their individual apartments, literally. It's no joke. They have like apartment yeah. slash condos. Yeah. Like they have their own separate bedrooms. I mean, like, view of the ocean, I mean, he said. Where, yeah. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. they do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, why wouldn't they? God bless. They, they, they need to de-stress after they work every day, you know? Oh, right. Um, I'm just kidding. Air Force. Not really. Um, but no, I, I think what it comes down to is like in the Marine Corps, the nicest barracks of the Marine Corps, you have two people living in it. And you have your own private bathroom for your room, which means you don't share with other two other guys. Uh-huh. But the Air Force have like individual bedrooms for each person. That's that's absurd. I mean, so, we don't we don't know what that is. So I don't want to. I don't necessarily want to chase this rabbit hole, but I know that that we got people that are in the military, and I'm curious because the the people I know that were in the Air Force, you talk about military branches mm-hmm. picking on each other and, and all that. Oh, yeah. The people I know that were in the Air Force. Most of them readily readily admit they readily admit that they had it all great, and you know what I mean. Have you yeah. ever? So have you ever met anybody from Air Force that gets offended by? No. You start talking about that. If they're, if they're offended, they won't say it publicly or to my face. Uh, they they just don't. One of the greatest stories ever. You no, know, I've never met anyone that got offended. They're like, yeah, you, you know, probably that's, right. That's true. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So this is no joke. We were at a bar. This is in Okinawa again. And it's like two in the morning. And you can imagine we're having a good time and probably can't remember much. But we were hanging. There was there was a couple Air Force guys that came to the same bar a lot. So we ended up being friends. And they were kind of cool guys. We're like, hey, you know, yeah, come hang with us and all that. They were just cool guys. One of them goes, it's like literally at two in the morning. He's like, oh, crap. I got to go. We're like, oh, I think okay. He goes, no, I, I've got my PFT, which is his physical fitness test. It's an annual test that you have to do certain things to pass. And it's like two in the morning, hammered drunk. And I was like, bro, like tomorrow? He's like, yeah, I got to be there in five hours. It starts at seven. And yeah, I need to at least get a couple hours sleep. I'm like, I know what we had to do. Right. We, we had to do. We had to do three miles in 18 minutes, uh, 200 sit-ups or hundred sit-ups in two minutes and twenty pull-ups. Um, I mean, it's it's it sounds easy, but it's not. Um, there is no way in hell that I'm doing that, it, being drunk at two o'clock in the morning. <clears throat> he goes, "Oh no, 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 bro, don't worry about it." He's like, "We don't do what you guys do," and I was like, "Okay, so like, what do y'all do?" And he goes, "Like, I don't." He's, I, he didn't want to tell me because he knew I was going to get pissed, and all of us, <laughs> it was like two of us, and we, he knew that we were going to get pissed. He's like, no, nah, I don't want to tell you. I'm like, no, 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 no. At this point, you got to tell us. He's like, man, don't get mad at me. I didn't write it. You know, I just right, right. I said, any conversation starts with that, then this is ought to be good. He <laughs> said, they get on an. This is back in like 1994, or whatever. 
they get on an exercise bike and ride for let's say 10 or 15 minutes on an exercise bike and if their heart rate is within a certain level they pad <laughs> I was like, you gotta be shitting me. <laughs> and I was like, I could do that drunk and probably pass, you know. All right. Might even yeah, I got a buddy who was in the Air Force and he just giggles about all this shit. He's like, Yeah, that's it's totally true. That's that's exactly how it was. He said it was a joke, but he wasn't gonna complain. Yeah, so Jason's this exactly. So Jason said we he was in the core for uh, Simber Five, by the way. He says, we shared bathrooms, four Marines, two toilets, two showers, two rooms, shared bunk beds. We didn't have, in Pendleton and in Okinawa, we didn't have bunk beds. We had individual beds. So we had this, like, it was basically like a, a big square-ass room, you know, and in the barracks. We could, we had, there was two beds, like two wall closets, two desks. It's, it's like a dorm room, okay? It's the best way I can describe it. It's a dorm room. You could arrange however you want to. You could do bunk beds if you want, but you could arrange the room in any way you wanted to. I think when we showed up, they were bunk beds, so we could take them apart and do whatever we wanted to. Um, but we had an open room that had a mirror, and then we did have in, in, in Okinawa, we shared a bathroom with the room connected to us. In Pendleton... We had our own private bathroom. So I was like stepping up. I get the pen. I'm like, oh, hell, this is nice. Like, you know, this is great. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Um, what's even more interesting is we had one shower. For in, in Okinawa, we had two rooms sharing a bathroom. We had one shower. But if you wanted to, in the middle of each floor, there were like 10 showers in a community shower that if you have roommates that were going to take up all the time in the shower, you could go and use the community. And most people actually did use the community showers because they didn't want to have to worry about like, Hey, I don't use that shower. So I'm not cleaning that shower. The community showers got cleaned by a mama son. The individual showers had to be cleaned by the people. He's like, look, I don't even use that shower. I use that one down there. So I'm not cleaning. That's what most people use the community showers, but it was, it was interesting. Uh, Jason, we raged in those barracks. Oh, yeah, dude. If you ever, and I, I'm sure at all military branches, but if you ever truly want to see what, it's not even controlled chaos. It's just absolute chaos. Go to a Marine barracks on Friday night, and it's nuts. It really is. It's it's crazy like the last thing you ever want to be is the duty nco on the weekend like i would take duty nco on a tuesday all day long like if if my duty ever came up out and i was on like a weekend i was looking for anyone to trade because not because i didn't want to be there i didn't want to be there on a weekend because it's crazy and i'm sure that army navy air force they all have their crazy times but it was stupid how how stupid Marines got on weekends. Uh, just saying. So I don't know why we got down this road. How do we even get down here? I don't know. Anyways, let's get off that. I did it on purpose. Oh, okay. <laughs> here we go. Yeah. So anyways, um, man, it's been a great chat. I want to bring in real, real quick rogue. Any last thoughts that you want to bring up and then go ahead and tell people where they can find you, uh, what projects you have working on all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you know, final thoughts is get involved learn who your legislators are. Um, 
if you are worried about the federal level, there's only so much you can do. You can do more at the state and local level than you can do at the federal level. Start there, work, you know, work the legislative process, and then start getting bigger and bigger. And, and if you want to contact your federal reps, absolutely do it. Um, you know, contact them to the point where they don't even want to return your emails and then keep emailing them. Uh, my wife actually hit that with one of our uh, one of our congressmen. She was pissed about three things, and she's got him to the point where he won't even re respond to her emails. And she upped her email counts from one a week to three a week. And uh, just become a pain in the ass to your legislators because that's your God given right. So, right. so get involved. Uh, you know, you don't have to be a master at politics. Just pick one thing that you don't like and then just go after it and just be relentless with it. So um, you're talking about you're taking the Shawshank Redemption uh, thing where he wrote a letter for every week yep. for what, five years, ended up saying, hey, here's a check. Here's some books. Leave us alone. It does yeah, work. It does. And, and then when, when they give you something, just ask for more. Absolutely. Make sure, make sure you do this. I know you got more over there. Yes. Yeah. So just go, just go after it and just be a pain in the ass to your legislators because they're there to represent you. Make sure that they're doing it. Um, as for me, you can reach me on YouTube or just about any social media platform. Just look for the Rogue Banshee. You can even Google the Rogue Banshee. You'll find my webpage and stuff like that. Uh, I've been releasing content every week now. Um, so it's on Fridays. I have a video coming out on Friday for a product review. And in that video, you're going to see a gun that's 105 years old. Nice. Um, and uh, yes, I did steal it from my wife's collection. Ooh, um, I think I know what it is. Yeah, we were talking about it a little earlier. So, yes. uh, so make sure you check out the channel on Fridays uh, and see what we got in store. So uh, thanks for having me on. You got it. Uh, for those of you out there that don't know, when Snob's camera is off, he's either not here or he's eating. Now that his camera's back on, he's good to go. So no, how was dinner? How was dinner? <laughs> no, it's my internet is so crappy that sometimes I have to turn it off so you're not roboting and I can actually no, I'm just joking. And um, I usually give it a little bit and try it again and it works for a while. Yeah, I, I see that Sarge uh, is first out there. So thanks for being first out there in the chat. Uh, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> whatever. He and, and Obnoxious or the old Doc. Doc loves coming in two hours in saying first. But this is the, you know, at least Sarge, at least he showed up. So it's awesome. He had a link, but it is what it is. He's working. What, what's over your left shoulder? Mine or snob? Or snob, snob. Over my left shoulder? Daisy the Daisy Air Rifle sign? Oh, is that what that is? Yeah, one of those metal signs says it's a Daisy. Oh, okay. Just one of those signs you buy at like Branson or somewhere. Jason says, glad I found this channel. Some five, some Fidel's brother. Uh, welcome to the dark side. We hope we uh, don't screw your life up too badly, but we'd like to have fun. Um, Snob, since you're talking and all that, uh, before your internet <clears throat> craps out, tell Stacy to get back on the damn you know wagon wheel and keep, keep running a little bit, but... Uh, Anything you want to kind of follow up with, or if not, kind of tell people uh, where they can find you, what projects you might be having coming up, and all that. 
we'll do what Jason said and all that stuff. Yep. And uh, find you at the Rogue Banshee also. Yeah, yeah, you can find me at the Rogue Banshee also. <laughs> um, let's see, what else do I have? Uh, oh yeah, support your local two A organization if they're doing good work, and yep. a lot of them are a lot better work than national ones. So if you can support them, because twenty five bucks a year, fifty bucks a year means a lot more to those guys. It does to a national one. I promise you, you'll get more for your money. But try to support both. But if you can only support one, I'd go local first. Yeah. You know, because we were talking about this, and, and I, the reason why I asked you earlier about how long OK2A, because I've been going to Wanamaker for years now, and this was the first time I remember people talking that OK2A was there. Have they always been there? I think they've had a table a few times before, but this is probably – they're getting a lot more well-known now that they've been yeah. getting stuff done. You know, these like constitutional carry really a lot of people that didn't know who they were learned who they were after constitutional carry. And I know right. Weston's a big part of it. He does a lot. Yeah, of he is. Yep. I think, I think Wes was, I mean, like he worked all night, Saturday night and then spent all day Sunday at the booth. So I'm not mm -hmm. really, yeah, but yeah, like I said, I don't remember anyone talking about, Hey, make sure you go stop by the okay two way booth. But I heard that from a ton of people this past you know a couple weeks ago at Wanamaker, and I was like, okay, maybe they're new, you know, but they've been doing. Um, <laughs> so Sars is trying to help you out there. He's mm -hmm. trying. To, you know, you can I'm surprised he didn't tell you to support uh, me at you know patreoncom c4defense or something. Oh, that's coming. Want to put yeah. it past him? Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's trying to space it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that'll be next. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you. Yeah, thanks um, for having me. Yeah, bro uh budget anything you want to kind of follow up on if not uh tell people they can find you and what projects you have coming up i'm mike with budget guns and gear reviews you can find me here at youtube at budget guns and gear reviews or budgetgunsandgear.com i have finally going to be putting out some more gun content i've been hitting the the bushcraft and and woodsman stuff pretty Love hard that. recently started that uh, woodsman wednesday series which by the way 6 p.m eastern tomorrow there is another episode of woodsman wednesday coming out we'll do a premiere but you don't have to be there for the premiere you can watch it uh you know whenever you want after it drops but you know i mean budget's not the even cool there kids for the all the time no, yeah, I, I I did miss half of one. I was busy editing video, hard at work at the, in the salt mines, and you know I just lost track of time. The overseer wouldn't give me a doggone water break, so you know <laughs> that sucked. Hashtag first world probs, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking we're talking about living in barracks and having free food at the pell. And you're like, oh, that's 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 terrible. <laughs> Hashtag first world problems. You know, there are people in this world that would love to have barracks food. You know, um, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. But uh, so come check out that premiere on bunch of guns and gear reviews tomorrow. On I normally do a live stream called the right of the people where we use the first to defend the second every Friday night at 7 PM Eastern. It's however, no. <laughs> however, <laughs> this Friday, it will not be happening. It will be happening Thursday though, at 7 PM Eastern. Uh, I'm going camping Friday, but I didn't want to short you guys a show. So 
Yeah. That's the great thing is, is like me last week, I just took the week off and said to hell with the fans. I, I, I don't care about. Well, them. I did that the last couple of times and I'm like, off. yeah, I'm not going to do that. Cause but people like next you, you actually are nice. You know, you actually make up shows. I, well, you that. know, budget's a full-time YouTuber now. So he's got to be, he's got to be true. Butt, he is a full-time YouTuber. I got to be trying anyhow. If I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be having to get a real job again. Right. <laughs> oh Lord. Next just, week, though, Glover's got rashes. He hears real job. He's got rashes over his ass right now. So just yeah. be ready. <laughs> Next week, I will not be doing the right of the people on Friday as well. I'll be doing it on Thursday. Next week, I'll be well. Next Friday, I'm heading down to Camden, Tennessee, to Tactical Response. And going to James, on my birthday, you? I'm going to be spending the night in the hotel there. And then the next day, spending a weekend with James Yeager, taking his fighting pistol class. Where are you staying for the class? Uh, some or, hotel there in Camden. I don't know. Okay, so you're not staying at his place or no. uh, Rooks and uh, Racks and Rucks, whatever it is? No. Okay. Uh, what is it called? Racks and Rucks. Yeah, yeah no. I'm, I booked some a room awesome at a hotel. Place. Yeah. Next time, if you ever go back. I plan to with James or go to racks and rooks and they actually charge. It's like a hotel, but it is a community. It's like bunk beds in a squad bay with pool table couches and all the students that are there stay together. So you're cleaning guns together. You're it's awesome. Are you, are you taking fighting pistol? Yeah. Do me a favor. I know you're going to be tired and all that. Give me 10 minutes when you get in the car and you leave the class Sunday. Call me. Okay. You won't understand it until Sunday, but when you get there Sunday, you'll know why to call me. Well, hey, next week, and I'll, I'll talk to you about this off off the air. Yeah, I don't want to waste yeah. any more time. Uh, so yeah, you can find me here. I, also, I wasted two and a half hours of people's time. So what the hell's another minute? <laughs> also, in the interest of being a self promoting whore, I want to thank Artac and Daughters for being my first channel member. I just opened that up today, and uh, you know he signed up. He was the test case. So thank you, Artac. Uh, if you guys want to help the channel out, go ahead over there and click the join button. All right. Now I'll go ahead and stop being a self-promoting whore. Hey, I'm all for it. Hey, <laughs> whores got, hey, they got to work too. That's know? right. They, they've got to, if you don't have a pimp, they're going to have to do the self-promotion. The pimp will That's usually, right. hey, if you're your own pimp, you've got to work hard at it. Well, the, and the bad thing is when I don't have my money, then I've heard this. For a when I don't have my money, I gotta I gotta tune myself up. So yeah, that ain't yeah. that ain't right. I said for a ten percent cut, I'll be his pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna touch that one. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. Next one maker is gonna be fun because I think it, actually I think. Well, he doesn't know it yet, but I'm pretty sure that Roll Call has already assumed that role of his pimp. So, maybe. We'll see. If nothing else, you might be Roll Call's pimp. I don't know which one's worse. What happens know. in the car on the way to Tulsa happens in the car on the way to Tulsa. Well, unfortunately for them is they go live the entire trip to Tulsa, so right. we know exactly what happens in that car. Next time, it'll be on OnlyFans. Mm -hmm. I, learned, I learned some new language on his way home. I mean, my, I my know wife, some of those words. Hey, on the, way hey the murder hotel was horrid, dude. <laughs> so, like, literally, I haven't laughed harder in a long time. 
And my wife, I had it on speaker. So my wife is rolling laughing. She has no idea who you guys are, what you're talking about. She's rolling because she's laughing at the sound of roll call, hysterically laughing for 30 straight minutes. Could not stop laughing in the car. I was going to die. I did too. It was so funny just to listen to him dying that we didn't stop laughing either. I was like, what's, what are you laughing? I don't know. I'm just laughing at roll call. <laughs> if you guys don't know what they're talking about, when we came back from Tulsa, we stopped at the super eight hotel in St. Clair, Missouri. Ooh. Go on to my, go to a bunch of guns and gear reviews and check out that video. Cause I live streamed my reaction to, uh, that. Mm. Well, in honor of May the 4th, that wretched hive of scum and villainy. And that's being uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's being real nice. That's not the word you used on that live stream. That's not the no, word. You have no, sensitive ears. Don't watch that live stream. And I'm pretty sure that was not what he used on his Yelp review either. <laughs> I told, I told Roll Call, please, go to, please uh, screenshot your Yelp review. because I'm that just would curious. Cool. Is that live stream suitable for all advertisers? Um, it's not suitable for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I even said notice to advertise on that. <laughs> no, that would be a great one. Um, anyway, so yeah, I uh, appreciate you coming on. Uh, Mad says that was a nasty night. That you know, oh, yeah. there are times where I, I love road trips and doing road trips with friends are even better. But that's a road trip that I'm glad I wasn't. That section of the road trip is I'm glad I wasn't on there because everything else was great. Uh, everything else was oh, yeah. awesome. I mean, to but be fair though, that, the motel you all stayed at in Claremore is where the dead body was found. So seven yeah. years later, we yeah. forgot about that. Now I had we, nothing to do with that. So weird. Now we know that was not because of lack of showers. It was there was a dead body on the first floor. <laughs> I was a couple doors down the first night and I didn't smell nothing. I was down there at 111 and I didn't smell anything. Might not have been dead at that point. It could have Might not have been. Where were you at, at, at 103 <laughs> in the morning on the on the <laughs> night of the seventh? Sleeping. Oh, bullshit. All right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, All that's right. my story, and I'm sticking <laughs> to it. That's true. All <laughs> right. It's been in the attic. Uh it's been burned at this point. There, there's no more trace symptoms of, of substances on that anymore. So it's been That's burned. Right. Um, I burned everything after I left the super eight. MDA. Yeah. <laughs> and the investigation starts Clover, bring us home. Well, first I want to say he's going complete two way. Like at this point, he's going to be a new two. Texas I've racked up some two way points. That's for sure. Yeah. I'll get to that in a sec. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's made He's got, still, G, so. he's got G's uh, stamp of approval. You're so, now too. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, happy uh, happy Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you, all that good stuff. Um, you know, it, it dawns on me about halfway through this that as I normally do on a Tuesday, I forgot to drop a freaking video today. Uh, I've been so inundated and focused on this Texas constitutional carry thing and getting things done, which I guess is much more noble than uh, trying to pimp out some flashlights from Streamlight or shotguns from Gerson. Uh, but I promise we're going to get back to the regularly scheduled program eventually. We will win this constitutional oh, like carry stream, battle. Oh, I'm sorry. There, there you go. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. 
And uh, I've got I've got a flashlight though, not a weapons mounted light, unfortunately. Well, I got but, a flashlight uh, yesterday also. So that's yeah, interesting. Buds don't, the buds don't have rails anything. on their guns. The same that's one. True. The same one I got. To, you would have to drill this into like the wood stock on this mm -hmm. on this rifle. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just uh, just so everybody knows, we'll get we'll get back to it. If you live in another state and you're like, I'm tired of this dude talking about Texas constitutional carry, we'll get back to the normal stuff. I promise. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not right now. I'm going to rail on uh, the whole politician thing. One thing I want to say with some comments out there is we've got to treat these politicians, these elected officials, almost like children. Um, somebody said something about, uh, you know, you know, staying on them. I think it was Rogue had a really good, had some really good insight on that earlier. You know, I say that, that we need to, we need to hold their feet to the fire. And that, that doesn't mean just griping and, and moaning and complaining when they do something wrong. But we also, they need to hear from us when they do something right. Um, got a great video of an, uh, an amendment over in the House that was proposed by a Democrat. She didn't vote for the freaking bill, anything else. But you know what? She proposed one heck of a great amendment. And they, they need kudos for the things they do right. Just as much as we hold their feet to the fire when they do things wrong. Um, you know, I talk about the negativity in this world and, and people just want to focus, hyper focus on the negativity. And, you know, you, I think you just if you're if you're fair to them, uh, I think that maybe it'll be more fair to you. Uh, with that being said, uh, while this was going on, I've got a few more confirmations that potentially the floor vote in the Senate will happen tomorrow for constitutional carry. Um, so with that, I'm going to throw the number for the Austin switchboard. You guys need to be on the phone. If you live in Texas, you need to be uh, calling the Austin switchboard at 512-463-4630. Again, it's 512-463-4630. Um, talking to your senators, talking to Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, uh, and maybe even talking to some senators that aren't even in your area. It does not hurt uh, to let them know that, all the eyes in Texas are on these yahoos. We see what's going on, regardless of whether, regardless of whether you exactly, regardless of whether you publicly made your stance or not, the vote's going to happen, and we're going to know where you stand. So either your silence is going to tell all, or your vote's going to tell all. It's your choice. So uh, call those folks, and uh, yeah, again, five one two four six three forty six thirty. Let's get this. Let's get this done. Number twenty-one, baby. Uh, great chat. Thanks. I know three hours in or whatever it's been, but uh, it was good. Uh, I want to um, go into what you just said and say I disagree with what you said in a part of it. I actually, literally, do want to actually hold their feet to the fire. I think that would be cool as hell to literally set up a contraption that you sit there and put them in there. 10 feet off the fire and build a bonfire. And <laughs> we obviously know AM knows how to build bomb. Well, they did. Well, have not necessarily. Ago, yeah. yeah, that's a joke because uh, I hate AM. But uh, yeah, um, but I actually would literally want to hold their feet to the fires. Just I just want to make it known that if we're creating them like children, I ain't changing the diapers. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, no kidding. Mad uh, says, with how we hold their feet to the fire through emails, what's to stop them from ignoring us when they praise them? Even, well, that's. I mean, let's be let's let's honestly be honest. Most don't read their own emails. 
even at the state level representative centers, they yeah. have secretaries that are aides or interns, probably honestly so, interns reading it and passing on the ones that they filter through to that representative. So, so have we got a second for me to, to talk about the act here? So here's, here's the thing. Just because you did a 10 hour fucking live stream last week doesn't mean that I so, want to. Yeah, so, so budget budget ends his his one shots and whatever single shots and all that with the what do you say about those call right? Say it, budget. Uh <clears throat> contact your Congress critters, elected representatives, let them know what you think. Send them a snail mail, email, telephone, telegraph, semaphore, height, uh, heliograph, bicycle messengers, do whatever you gotta do to let them know what you think and never ever ever give up the fight. Yeah, so he, he's one hundred percent correct. The correct way to approach your politicians is all of the above, right? All of the above. You not just email, not just call, not they have to be in their districts and their regions. They have to be there, show up for those town hall meetings. Look them in the eye and say, This is what I want. This is how I feel. This is what you should be doing. Um, again, all of the above approach. I think that's really important. Second thing is, because I've had this a lot in comments as I've been covering Constitution Carry, people asking me, where's the best form letter, this, that, and the other. Well, you'll see my avatar has the 81% that moms threw out there, the bull crap percentage that we've completely made a joke out of, right? When you pick up these form letters and all of that, you're doing the laziest worthless thing you could possibly freaking do use your mind you know how you feel speak your heart speak your mind put it in your own words and send them that email or say it over the telephone stop relying on yes these you know organizations state level organizations whatever they put out some good stuff read that put that in your own words and your own thoughts and then relay that to your elected official don't Repeat those talking points verbatim. Don't copy and paste that crap. Why? Because just like the 81% is a mockery at this point, at least for me, those people pick up on that kind of stuff really quick and they go, oh, well, we've heard the same exact thing over and over and over. This is a bot. This is a form letter. These are people that aren't involved. They're not paying attention. And you know what? If you're so lazy that that's all you can bother yourself to do, then they're absolutely 100% correct. Um, I'm done. Um, I got something to add here, you know, and to be fair, you know, the form letters are usually written in proper grammar and all this, but I mean, if you're in Texas and you're emailing your center, you don't have to write it in proper grammar because they're a Texan too. And they can't read proper grammar. They only read this Texan grammar. No, you're right. Um, yeah, but yes, the form letters, I think, initially were great ideas. And FPC, I think it does a great job. GOA, you know, but don't just copy and paste, like he said. Use that as a template of your own words. Use that as a starting point and go with it what you will. Um, there's a great movie. One of my favorite movies of all time was a, a movie called, uh, holy shit, what was it called? Well, that's an interesting. Oh, title. that's a great no. movie. Politician movie. Everybody, be oh. sure to go watch. Holy shit! What's it called? <laughs> I would watch that movie actually. No, Finding Forrester. What was its rating on Rotten Tomatoes, please? <laughs> uh, four. <laughs> it actually got four, but uh, it was called Finding Forrester. It was with Sean Connery and all that. Is about a a kid that 
Sean Connery was a really famous uh, Pulitzer Prize winning author in this movie and all this. that. Anyway, so this young young man wants to learn how to write. And he said, here, you know, he's write something is I don't know what to write. He goes, what do you mean? You don't know what to write. He goes, just write something, whatever comes to your mind. And he was like, I, I, it's that's a lot of pressure. And he says, well, here, read mine, start writing the first sentence of mine, and then go with it on your own. So use those form letters as that. Start with that, and then let it, you know, morph into your own thing. So uh, Full Metal Jacket, um, great movie. Speaking of which, I did actually, yeah, hey, thanks, thanks for that. By the way, that reminded me that I actually have a fucking video out that came out last week about fucking movies. Um, my my top five favorite military slash war movies out there. So yeah, interested in that. Go check it out for me. I've uh, got some stuff. Um, if you're a patron of mine or a channel member of mine, you you've got a video that um, I, I think I put out there yesterday, the day before it'll be released soon. It was the most fun I've had in a long time in reviewing an item. Uh, go check out if you're a patron or a channel member, go check it out. Um, like I said, I, I got reinvigorated in the, in the reviewing process and making review videos. It was, it was a lot of fun and all of that, but, uh, you know, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, could have some really cool stuff, uh, in the next couple of weeks happening. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where, uh, I'm going to be like, uh, Braden brothers and sisters. I've got so many cool things happening this year. I can't tell you what any of it is, uh, but you'll know when you know, and I'll see you in six months or whatever. I thought you, know? you were going to put the fish on the end of a rifle when you said that. Hey, don't oh. give it away. Oh, Damn it, son. What the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? Spoiler alert, man. Jeez. <laughs> I've already cleaned it with my fucking knife. Now I've got to. <laughs> People don't fish know. break. Hashtag if fish you, break. If you know, you know. If you Dude, don't, you need to melt down some Swedish it. fish and cast it into one big ass Swedish fish. You can buy big Swedish already. fish. They're already there. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's just, awesome. Don't know how I know that. Just say that I know that. Yep. Um, so Pete says, so there I was eating crayons. Now write the book. That's how I would start out my 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 fucking thing is. So I was sitting there eating a grape crayon. And then just let it go from there, you know? Um, sure. Yeah. Anyways, thanks. Thanks for the $5. I appreciate you, Pete. Uh, really do, man. For a lot of reasons, but thank you so much. Anyways, guys, it's shit. It's been almost three hours. Hamster break. That's yeah. just wrong, Obi. That is so <laughs> wrong. Is, is, is it called a hamster break or is it a, or is it a Richard Gear break? I, I don't know what we would actually be. That's a gerbil. Oh, uh, a gerbil. It doesn't fucking matter, bro. Hey, hey. gerbils are smaller. Words mean things. Gary <laughs> has a guinea a pig he might loan you for this. Oh, uh, if you don't know, I don't want you to go give this guy a view. Just know that it's coming and you'll understand. This is getting a channel strike now. Oh, yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, we are officially off the rails. For the yeah. This is the, uh, the shit show has officially begun. No, I am actually working on on, on a video that's it's going to be YouTubers exposed, and you can only imagine uh, some of the topics and um, creators that we will be uh, discussing, if you would call it that. Don't, don't um, read Obi's comment. Uh, don't. 
I will not put that up. On the <laughs> uh, thanks, Doc. I appreciate you for that. Uh, good Lord. Uh, cow break. Ooh, Rich might have crossed the line on that one. We should probably end this. Yeah, we probably should. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Uh, we've just been demonetized and probably kicked off of every platform uh, that podcasts go to. But if you're still with us, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you soon. Simplify. Wait, did we get everyone? Yeah, I talked to everyone. All right. Simplify. Yeah. <laughs>